gentlemen. Let me get everybody unmuted. Whoops. <laughs> Hello. What's up? One freaking hundred, man. Hundred episodes. What a what a what a monument. Oh, what man. a monument. So I feel like we're we're missing one and possibly another. Uh, Bill is coming. I just sent him the link a minute ago. Okay, and so. Billy Hunt is working, but he said that if he's able, then yes, I am on time. Ha ha ha. Uh, Billy Hunt said that if he's able, he can hop on his phone and walk away from the office, so to speak, for a few minutes. So I don't know if you got a chance to send him the link or not. I thought that was your job. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, do it. I'll send it. I don't care. Uh, am I too far away from my microphone or no? No, you sound fine. Excellent. Good to me. Excellent. Good, good. 100, ladies One and germs. fucking 100. One fucking 100. Oh, man. Now, I will say this. Chris, he got the memo on what shirt to wear. Yeah. Right? But Justin's redeeming factor is the hat. So. True. That is true. Is is Justin imbibing in an alcoholic beverage? I, I yeah, am. My man's. Wow. And just think, I went the opposite. These, Something... square, these square glasses are super awkward. All right. And, I mean, I tried to decide if I wanted to bang or an alcohol. I just decided to do both. So. Well, because I'm hanging out with you monsters. Oh. <laughs> yeah. My, my heart says no uh, energy drinks. <laughs> I can I imagine. Mine great, says more. Great bottle of wine from Becker Vineyards. Little Texas wine. Nice. Pour a little bit nice. Becker Vineyards right. was the uh, official winery of the White House uh, that was set in place by George Bush uh, Jr. And uh, Dang, still, still, still to socks. this day, on occasion, uh, on occasions, they uh, serve Becker Vineyards wine. Wow! Very cool. Fancy. You got that Air Force One wine. We out here. You know what I mean? We're just making moves. Bill's here. The one beard to trump them all. What's uh, that? Man. Look at that. With a pipe. Everyone's I just sent Billy the link. about my socks. Yeah, well, because they're deliciously adorable. I was actually going to tell Bill to make sure that he brought a pipe because this is the 100th episode. It is. Of course, and, man. I mean, hopefully we're all smoking something at least a little special other oh, than yeah. camels, Philip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Did you want me to go first? Is that he how got works? the pink camel crushes, not the regular ones this time. He decided to splurge. The pink ones, those classic number nines. That's right. Well, oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I went with the Family Reserve 45-year anniversary Padron 1964. Oh, very yeah. nice. I had to spend a little money. It's a special occasion. When in Rome. I, I uh, have... Get it. This Cuban that I almost lit up like two episodes ago, and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I not saving this? So this has been sitting in my humidor staring at me. And then if I finish this and we're still going, I got a dirty rat on deck. So, Excellent. Yeah. I got a uh, 
Cro-Magnon 2019 Black Irish I've been saving. So did did you crown cut that? Yeah. All Good for boy. you. Good for you. Crown with a K because it's Chris. One, one V is pretty good, but two Vs is better. That's what they tell me on the internet. That's what she so. said. Bill? So I'm excited. This is Danny Boy Blend X. It's from people that know anything about Danny Boy, this is the one that they used to call Christmas cookie. So that's uh, that's my go-to. Awesome. Awesome. And what, what kind of pipe? Do you have like a... Is that like a, a, a special pipe for a special occasion, or is that your regular smoking pipe? Uh, this is actually a dragon scale that is from the Danny Boy Pipe Club. I Nice. They, That's awesome. Uh, vend at the Ren Fair in southern Wisconsin, and then they have different auctions and things like that, and I won a dragon scale pipe. Wow. That's awesome. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well... The gang's all here. Uh, Billy Hunt, like I said, I just sent him the link. He said he might be able to chime in if he's not too busy with work. Um, but this is episode 100, guys. And 100 gals. fucking episodes. 100 fucking episodes. Thank you, Mike. Yes, th thank you to everyone. Thank you, Eric. Who is wishing us a wonderful 100th. Um, as always, Snakes and Stogies is brought to you by the fine people of the Pacific Northwest. The Gendra. Oh, yeah. The Puget Sound Pythons. Check That's them out. Cuban, all right. Yeah, how was the first light? Tight? Nah, it is a little tight. I've never actually had a Cuban this big in ring gauge. This is like a fifty this is a fifty-six. Okay. I'm used to smoking like coronas, which is more of a classic sort of Cuban size. And there were some questions whether these were legit or not because someone gave them to Raj at work and he gave me one. So, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, as far as what we're drinking, I have some monkey shoulder. Monkey shoulder's real good. Indeed. All right. You got who's who's got their lighters? Oh. I don't have Mine's, mine on me. I got oh no, it's Mine's downstairs. The we didn't. That's, you didn't tell us there was a uniform. Yeah, man. There is. There's not a uniform. I just. Tell us there was a dress see. code. I, I just want to see. I display that thing. You know, I got the. Uh, I got the little butane insert for mine, and then just never put butane in it. I had lighter fluid in the in the in the uh, the normal style. I just literally constantly forgot to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Brad. What's funny is I have the, the cigar holder that you made for me, Chris. Uh, oh, nice. The, the Snakes and Zogies one. But again, just like Bill was saying, it's too pretty. Exactly. That exact one. It's too pretty. I never use it because like, I don't want it to get all ashy and gross, you know, and God forbid it gets too humid outside. I don't want the thing to rust. So like it's on my mantle in the in the in the living area. So nice. It's good. So I saw Cabernet Sauvignon in the comments and i thought it was a joke until i saw you drink that wine glass that oh wine yeah glass. yeah i have a uh it's the uh becker vineyard csm 2018 this is a blend between uh more more of a uh syrah and grenache it's kind of like a rhone style wine uh i think i said it earlier i don't know if we were live yet but becker vineyards is the official wine of the white house uh per george bush jr uh, and still to this day uh when they have big events it's uh the main wine they serve Pretty awesome. I like it. It sounds really uh, official. 
I can't <laughs> I can't drink bang like Justin, so we're going monster. Why not? When in yeah. Rome. But my heart literally says no energy drinks at all. So <laughs> mine probably will in about twenty years. <laughs> You'll be my age. <laughs> I love you less Chris, than that. You'll be all right. Chris always acts like he's sixty. <laughs> um, I mean he is he is old. He's older shit. I fucking <laughs> My bones are made of dust. Oh, wait, I guess we all are. Anyways, my bones just are dust at this point. <laughs> He's got oh, the soggy man. bone syndrome. What's <laughs> up, Jen? What's up, Michael? Billy Jackers. <laughs> yes. So, Steve Poole, what's up? Uh, tonight we have yes. a very... What's up? I don't know. I just... Just petting yourself? Legs. No, I'm just... I'm... Vanna Whiting, my pale, pale Casper Lake. Yeah, legs. white, white is for sure. There's some it's, glare on that. It's screen, just buddy. the it's the LEDs. It's not my actual skin tone. I'm I'm not that white. I'm white, but L- not that white. LEDs, alabaster. It's all good. Translucent, like ivory. You know, dude, that's that's the bet, Justin. You're just majestically alabaster. That's right. <laughs> I just radiate positivity. That's the positivity you can see radiating. Let me get some tox- toxic positivity. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I hope What's everyone up? has a great evening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Rob's keeping it real. And Scott and Ty are here. My wife. Your wife's here. This is this is going to be a good show. Nice. I love I can't that. see the comments. My wife is in bed watching this, probably. I can guarantee you. That's fine. Anna Marie is on the other side of the wall, probably watching it, too. Ah. <sighs> So tonight's show is going to be a little eclectic. Um, we basically decided that we wanted to showcase some of the best parts of Snakes and Stogies from over the years. I can say years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So uh, I have some clips um, that Justin and I kind of decided were, were some of our favorite parts. Um, I actually have a good segment from the very first Snakes and Stogies, which is it's funny if you're in our circle, but I'm sure like if an outsider watched it, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know? Um, but then I know Justin has some uh, analytical stuff as to what the people apparently think is the best episodes. And then obviously Bill, Chris, and if Billy gets to join us, we hear from you guys too. So, First of all, it's crazy that this has turned into what it is. Cause I remember when we started doing this, it was just Instagram live and it was just like, we're not going to really put a whole lot of energy or thought into it. It's just going to be a thing. And it slowly morphed into something. I think that is, has become like as popular as THP in terms of like listener, uh, listenership and, and numbers and stuff like that. So. Well, you actually wild. specifically said that. You, you, when you guys first were doing the Instagram stuff, you had said, "Oh, you know, this is just for fun." And it's, yeah, it's I don't want to put be, any energy it, into this. Yeah, I mean, you actually came out and said that from the start, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's cool." I think that <laughs> might actually be why so many people showed up because you said ah, it's just pretty chill. Well, it was also Phil. Phil very slowly like, "Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this." And I was like, "Okay, okay." And then after some point, it was probably episode like fifty-six. And I was like, oh, "Wait a second. <laughs> I've been there, duped. There, there's a nice little majesty to this show that feels extremely real. Uh, it, it, it's it's got this really nice ambiance to where it, it, you guys a lot of times are just chatting, 
and uh, it's 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 really cool. It's great to listen to. Hey, we are real human is. beings. What's up? Can you guys hear me? My man yeah. Billy Hunt out here. Trying saving saving cats from trees. Something like that. How you guys doing tonight? Great. Great man. Glad you can make it. Absolutely. Yeah, I got some time, so figured why not. Is it busy? Uh it's been eventful today. Yeah. But are you guys prepping for the people that set their yards on fire from frying turkeys? We are prepared for that, yes. That's a thing, huh? Is, yeah, like an, is, there, is there like a legit memo that goes out? Uh, there's usually PSAs that go out all the time around this time of year. For best cooking results, take your solid frozen turkey and drop it into boiling oil. <laughs> well, because, <laughs> yeah, because people don't, they should have already had them thawing out by now, their turkeys, but they'll wait till last minute. And that's how that happens. Bill probably knows. You ever, know, if you go on go on YouTube and watch man. videos of that, it's crazy. It's like a freaking yeah. volcano. It's wild. It's also yeah. mildly terrifying. I always wanted to know is is it because it's a turkey or like if I threw like a frozen cantaloupe in there, would it do the same thing? No, if you fro- threw anything frozen in there, it would do that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at. Is it because no. the object is frozen it's or is temperature it temperature difference? Of, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's because yeah, here in America we run. like to get turkeys the size yeah. of small bears yeah. and then try to fry them. <laughs> They're actually emus. Yeah. It's actually and then when, the when the extremely flammable liquid boils over uh, onto the fire. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like displacement of hot yeah. boiling oil onto flame. <laughs> because nobody actually yeah. thinks about the displacement of their 40-pound yeah. turkey. And then yeah. they try to put it out with water, which is just the second best spectacle <laughs> of all of it. That's amazing. Just like yeah. break out it's the just, garden hose with the pressure sprayer. Oh, and, and just, oh, hell yeah. Just get it, baby. <laughs> it's because you don't, don't need the like physics or chemistry to buy a turkey. Yeah, right? Can I get yeah. a hell yeah? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's why they, those infrared fryers they make now are light years better. <laughs> I'm going to put this for 56 pound turkey in this flaming hot liquid for grandma, and that's the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is everyone's talking about deep frying an emu, and all I could think of, like, I see Scott and Tyre in this, and like, I'm like, man, if they ever came stateside for Thanksgiving, I would have to find a butchered <laughs> emu on principle. Hey, you gotta hunt it down with a fucking Bowie we knife. We could go hunt a cassowary. Yeah, but we have. Yeah, of to course, be, of course, the dude from Texas flap. says you gotta hunt it. Yeah, yeah. we we got those in Texas. You can find one. I guarantee you, there's and some we in West kill Texas. With a spear. For sure. <laughs> we will kill. Oh man, it's so bad. And I'm not a big time hunter, but we will hunt anything. <laughs> it does not matter. There's like a crab season here. What's funny is somebody, uh, one of my coworkers today showed me a a TikTok video of this guy who he's outdoorsy. He's like a gun guy. And uh, I guess his son, who's 10 or 11 or whatever, found a copperhead in their yard. And he starts off the video like, you know, when I was a child, my family taught me to kill every venomous snake that you find. He says the word venomous. And he's like, kill every venomous snake on site. Never let them survive. But 
you know, as I grow up, you know, I realize that they're, they're just animals and they're just trying to find their way. So here we have this copperhead in this plastic container and I'm going to show you how to release it. And like he shows how like put on the ground, like peel the duct tape off the lid and like how to take the container off real quick. And he's like, and that is how you release. And he's shooting a suppressed pistol off, off camera. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he's like he's like that's how you safely ch- ch- release ch- 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 uh, a venomous snake ch- 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 oh that's ch- terrible and I, I, I lost it man i thought it was hilarious obviously he didn't really do it but yeah still it was funny oh, oh man oh texas crazy you know, texans you know a lot of texas hunters that aren't just redneck boys and their lifted trucks that want to be hunters and their daddies hunted a lot of them are really big on conservation and none of them none of them that i know will kill snakes at all uh yeah in, in, in any uh any capacity yeah it almost uh it almost gets to a point where they start whether they whether they don't realize it or in their mind they tell themselves that every snake is protected yeah like I've, I've been on private property for a hunt and uh you know just the pig hunt and the guy's like listen man you guys are going to see a lot of black snakes they're really fast they're really thin and lean they're protected they're indigo snakes don't kill them don't shoot them and like we saw like 15 black racers that day (laughs) dude and black racers are so silly fast you'll never catch one it's absolutely impossible but it's just funny that's like yes they're doing a great thing even despite their information being atrociously wrong yeah (laughs) but it's fine as long as they're not killing snakes right did you guys uh, know that Alterna were actually protected in Texas for a long time? Uh, because when they were doing uh, counts of the animals, they couldn't find them. Uh, and, and then a few studies proved that they're probably one of the most common animals in that area because uh, they only have a couple predators and they just never come out. Kind of neat. That's Wouldn't know. Awesome. We never saw any. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, Chris goes out to Sanderson one right. night. He's like, look at the six I caught. <laughs> Hey, it was Limpia Canyon. It was the Davis oh, Mountains. Okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. They're infinitely harder to find there, Phil. Come on now. Exactly. Sorry, my, my, my bad. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. No, they're – oh, man. I, I've got it. I've got the addiction. You know, I've, I've looked for them before, and now that I've got one, it's like, oh, we're, go, we're going back. I'm picking the days next year where I'm like, okay, this we can do the East Range. We can go Sanderson. Uh, all right, we're going to be able to hit 277 on this weekend. And then, oh, we're going to be in the Davis Mountains all in September and – you know, chasing the rain and trying to get up to Iran and stuff. Hopefully, make it out to the Wecos. Be awesome. We can literally see the vein in your arm pulsating. <laughs> Dude, I get a forehead vein when I get all excited. I'm just like, oh, snakes. I need my fix, man. I need there my Christmas, Christmas mountain fix. Yeah. Oh, man. The Christmas mountains animals, uh, Christmas mountain animals and black ape animals, they just don't find them very often. And, and honestly, uh, you know, outside of legality, most of them were road cruised. Because uh, a lot of the cuts, they just aren't on. Uh, especially on Black App, there's a lot of low cuts uh, and not a lot of big uh, flat cuts. So, yeah, a lot of that's road crews. So, uh, how's everyone's how's everyone's season starting in terms of cooling and pairing and whatever else? You know, who, anybody want to go first? Or thanks, Doc. Oh, what's up, Doc? Thank you. Justin, uh, I just put everything into cooling. Literally, like I finished putting stuff in this morning, and it's actually right over there. And I have the garage door open and the fan on to keep everything ventilated. 
It's supposed to get like 39 tonight, so I hope they're ready. Uh, it's supposed to get uh, 72 tonight, so I don't know where you get 39 from, Justin. That's weird. Uh, I, I'm kind of the same way. I, I've decided what I'm pairing. I got all my – everything is boxed up in their hibernation bins and is cooled down to about 70, uh, no meals for the last month. And John is picking up all my stuff that needs to get, like, cold, cold. Uh, so I got some day rice, some Mex Mex, uh, the hibernation few, station, the hibernation station, a few Alterna, the Northern Pines, the Black Pines. They're all they're all going with him because he puts them down to fifty for like three months. Uh, and then I've got my closet that I set up, which will be the last week of November, uh, and that'll be the corns, the bulls. Uh, I haven't decided if I'm even going to cool the Baja the 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 Cape Baja vertebralis, uh, Pichopus vertebralis. Um, cause I think they're going to be like the Jani and you don't cool them. You literally just pair them up in January. Uh, so they get, they get that natural cool in my room. I just turned the heat off for a couple months and they kind of, it's kind of weird. They just start pairing up and you know, last year it was an accident and then talking to a few people. So I really don't know what those animals are going to do. And, and that's going to be a, a first time for me. And, and, and God forbid, I find somebody that's ever bred them that wants to talk to me. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those scenarios where they'll be like, oh, really? You're doing it this year, too? Hey, how did you do yours? And you tell them everything. <laughs> right. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> in the last three years, I found one person that bred them. I know, I know Noah Zelenik has them. Yep. Uh, I don't know if he's produced any yet. Noah's a good um, dude. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, so... Yeah, that's kind of. I'm just gonna mess with them and, and, and hope I get, you know, hope I get it right. There's not a lot of literature on it. Uh, if anybody's bred them, hit me up, like actually on Instagram, for sure. Uh, yeah, I also split up my guards. So I split up my guards the first week of December. Give all the females a break. Uh, same thing with the cave geckos. Leechy stay together forever, or else they'll kill each other and then try to kill me. <laughs> so they just do their thing. Um, so Scott and Ty had two clutches this week. One was inland Taipans, and I don't know that oh, I wow. this is the other clutch. Do you know what it was, Phil? I, I want to say it was Butler Eye because I know Scott sent me pictures of them pairing, but I don't know if it's too if that's too soon. <clears throat> but yeah, he definitely sent me pictures of the inlands, and then uh, he also sent me some pictures of uh, uh, you know, Ingrami that is just those are cool. Just, those photos that Scott took are just tip top, man. They got us gave us a sweet shingleback article for the next issue of the magazine. So, oh, nice. Pretty pumped about that. That's an amazing species. Billy Hunt, where are you at on uh, all of your? He's he's light years ahead of all of us, man. He's I know. already is crazy. Well, I know, Billy. You put a bunch more stuff together after I last saw you this past Sunday. Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> I pretty much have a good portion of everything I want paired, already paired. Um, my my room, I've always paired stuff in October, like the end of October. I decided to push it back like two, three weeks this year. Um, so I, I put some green trees together. I got locks right away. Um, some carpet stuff. Uh, I don't know if you guys want me to go through all the different carpet 
things I got going. Um, but a lot of that stuff. And I'm hoping I'm not putting stuff down like you guys are as far as the colubrid side. Uh, but I'm trying a couple different things than I have in the past to hopefully be more successful with some of the species I am trying. Uh, Radiate is the big one I'm trying this year. Hell yeah. I'm going to try the Pataeus, see how that turns out. Uh, Ridley Eye, I feel optimistic yeah. on those. Uh, I think I know what I did wrong last year with them, so I'm hoping that pans out. Uh, but yeah, I'm already getting locks from the carpets and the green trees and stuff, and I'm going to try the striped spotteds again. And That's awesome. And Is that the, the last pair of Antaresia you have, right? You got rid of the other stuff? Yeah, yeah, I got rid of the other stuff. I think I'm just going to stick with them. Uh, <laughs> I I really wanted to like Antaresia more, but yeah, uh, yeah just there. with uh, all the other stuff I have going on, it's, it's I'm the finally less starting, the better. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the point now where it's like, all right, I got, you know, a lot of stuff that I'm raising up to. Um, like I think I've was talking to Phil and I did a, a count on all the colubrid stuff I have coming up and I basically have a whole collection just in colubrids, you know, <laughs> not even counting the pythons and stuff. So dude that's so rad. Yeah, I got what about Nova Guineas? Yeah, they're paired right now. Carpondros. I have something in the works. <laughs> this is what I where this is questions from the chat. So before I, oh, yeah, I forget I, them, I'm asking to make sure. Doing it on my phone, it's uh, it's hard to, I can't see the chat without pulling it up by itself. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Billy, uh, a, a, an animal people could look into if they liked Angeriza and didn't really want to have maybe some issues with the babies, maybe have something that ate a little more consistently, is the uh, chocolate phase of the Emory look just like Angeriza. Uh, they're a little bit over three foot as adults. Uh, they eat everything, and they have those iridophores in their skin, which are like magnified by that increased melanin. So kind of okay. a cool thing that nobody's really, I, I got a pair I, and I got a albino uh, chocolate and some other stuff coming up in the next couple of years. But yeah, it's a cool, cool thing. If you, if you like that look of the Antaresa. Chris, do you get yeah, glossy let, snakes? Let me know. <laughs> What's that? Know. Glossies? No. You don't? No. Okay. Uh, Arizona. Uh, they're really cool. And I hope to find some someday. They find them here in Nueces County. Uh, and actually a little bit more east from here, like McMullen and Jim Wells. Uh, but haven't had the luck of finding one and, and haven't really gotten my hands on a captive example. I was just thinking small and shiny, if that's what you're going for in that whole thing. They're vein. really neat, yeah. How yeah, is the animal not a rat snake, right? I it, When you – so, like, mine, their head structure – if you have one in your hand – it's not. Yeah. They, they're they a weird little, like holding it and looking at it, you can tell that there's something wrong with that. It's not a rat snake. <laughs> like it's has its own little head structure going on, yeah. the snout, everything. It, it is quite a bit different. It, it's kind of like the uh, house snakes. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, they're just colubers, colubers, colubers. And you get them in your hands and you're like, these are pythons. Yeah. Right. I really like my house snakes a lot. When I get I, more space, I definitely want to get some. I didn't think I would enjoy them as much as I do, but uh, they're just cool little snakes, man. They eat great. They're not defensive at all. They're easy to handle. I don't. Yeah. Honestly, don't know why they're not like 
up there with corn snakes as far as like a, a first snake, you know, like they're, they're rock solid. And it's crazy because a lot of the captive breeders in South Africa, they have them the same way that we have corns. I mean, they have corns too, you know, yeah. but the yeah. house snake morphs in South Africa are just incredible. And I know a, a handful of people brought them here from South Africa and they just haven't caught on. I, I don't understand why. Because because they're not highlighter colored. No, Dude, but some are. of them are, man. <laughs> they, they are, yeah. yeah. They have some crazy AML stuff that's just slap you in the face bright, you know? Uh, there's a, a girl local to me that she she messes with uh, a lot of the house snake morphs and stuff. Uh, and they're cool. She, she'll bring them out to the shows and stuff. And it's cool to see the different looks. And I mean, they're a little more subtle than, you know, corn snake morphs, but, uh, you know, it's still cool to look at and they're, they're cool snake. She's, yeah, the they're same, she's the same girl that did the Cape files too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's April. Nice. So when I was in college, they were really cheap. And I wonder if that didn't play in like, it was just kind of one of those things people bypassed, you know, and or like, like Mad Hogs. Who cared? Like when I was yeah. in college, nobody cared. It was like, oh, that was a really giant speckled king snake, and then the blonde ones just looked goofy. Like nobody cared. Yeah, you, and then you got, yeah, you got blonde yeah, hogs because you couldn't get Malagasy's giants, you know. Yeah, and then I think honestly, things became a little harder to get, so the price increased, and then that gave people pause, and so. It it made especially with the Mad Hogs, it, the people that are into it now are actually a little more serious, and they pretty well immediately started producing. Like it was a pretty quick thing because it was some really serious keepers got some groups, paid fair coin for it, and then all of a sudden produced them, and they're awesome. Well, yeah, that's you know it's because it wasn't fifty people that happened to have twenty bucks that got them, and then they just faded into the ether. It was dedicated people. There, there's a little bit to that also. I think that the you know the loudest baby gets fed first. If somebody's really pushing on corn snakes and they're they're getting out, you know, before on social, it wasn't social media yet, but like getting magazine articles and and pressing to get into pet stores and putting out their available lists. Uh, just that's what you know. Honduran milk snakes blew up kind of out of nowhere, uh, and then kind of faded away with the ball python craze. And then the ball python craze came from forums, morph market, king snake, and, and kind of derived us from the internet forum era to the social media era and then that's blown us into the you know uh, mass of different species everybody's like hey why doesn't you know i, I ask myself all the times so why aren't more people keeping these animals but i think that's it when i when i go to look up uh, an article on house snakes i find two or three or i go to look up an article on vertebralis and i'm like wow this animal is slightly bigger than a corn snake. It's a pitchyophis. It looks like a bradley eye. It, 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 you know, it's super cryptic. It doesn't act like any other animal on the planet. And it's just drop dead gorgeous. Why does nobody have these? You know, am I going to find out through breeding that they, you know, eat each other or, you know, none of the babies want to eat or something? And it's like, dude, that's not the case because if none of the babies want to eat, I keep five species that the babies literally don't eat. Right. And, it, and it's, and, and Alterna are, have been popular since the dawn of time, and you know Mex Mex and a lot of the that that stuff. So, I don't know. Well, so but I would say when you especially when you talk about hobby Hondurans and you talk yeah, about ball Hondo. pythons, that ball pythons brought the business idea 
to production and availability of snakes yeah. and that so so a big part of that is where you talk about like hobby hondurans right that's that's really popular colubrids in the midwest have always been pretty popular and, and that's always been a big one people figured out in the ball python ball python section of how to do it business-wise, which was yeah. produce a whole bunch of hets, a whole bunch of visuals, and then show up to NARBC with a table with 400 snakes on it. And yeah. all of a sudden, pides are the coolest thing going, starting out at a grand or whatever. Yeah. but And then nobody cared about stripey ones. Because this one table had 400 snakes with yeah. white. And then, you know, the extreme hypo Hondurans, like somebody showed up to a table and had 120 paint orange snakes. And then they <laughs> yeah. were like, well, who really cares about Nelson's now? Like, yeah, because they only had five Nelson's, but the yeah, whole table yeah. was orange and yep. people just didn't kind of, and, and there's folks in the chat talking about corns and, and even Alterna corns and Alterna and rat snakes to some extent, that's historic. So yeah. you're going back to the seventies with yeah. dudes that kept, in comparison to nowadays, smaller collections. The guys that got jacked stayed with corns or went to leopard geckos, then got thousands of animals, went industrial production, dumped that money into ball pythons. The dudes that were doing the side projects and like, you know, red zeps and all the crazy corns, that's because there was only five guys that cared. Yeah. So that there could only be so many animals each year. Whereas yeah. like an Amel or a Motley or an Annery corn there's 30,000 of them a year. Well, yeah, then you're, you're going to pump out a ton of snows and then it's going to end up like ball yeah. pythons. They all turn into white snakes. Now nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. And dude, there, there were spots, there were spots in central in Florida and South, South Florida, where you could find wild aneries like yeah. corns. Devil's garden. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And dude, guys would go out devil's garden, catch two or three of them, get new snow blood. You know what I mean? Satan's cabbage patch. And, and dude, candy canes out of, coming out of left and right. You know, uh, look back at a lot of the pyros and a lot of the mountain kings from North America. Uh, you know, BHB, uh, Brian Bartek actually made his name uh, for a long time breeding those animals. We're talking about an animal that goes off feed almost every year, takes four to five years to breed, produces like, what, three, maybe five eggs. Yeah. Cross your fingers that they're viable. Uh, and then you, you got to get them to eat after that. And then cross your fingers yeah. that they even thrive after that. <laughs> Which a lot of them will not eat until after their first brumation. Uh, and even once they start going like gangbusters, they don't always stay that way. It's like hatching uh, sea turtles. And, and now you're, you're putting, you're investing all your time to some extent, your money. Uh, you know, he had his own line of these animals. I think, I believe it's the BHB albino line per, was produced first by him. And, and a lot of work was put into those animals. And then, yeah, the ball python thing happened. And Bill, you're, you're right on the money. Uh, so you, you spend a hundred thousand dollars on a snake it's a male. It breeds, I think, male ball pythons can breed in about a year. And if it's a if it's a codom or I don't know the exact terminology on that, you breed it to like ten females, and now you're puking out ten thousand, thirty thousand dollar babies. Uh, what a you know can't can't hate on anybody for making a business move like that. And, and well, but here's the thing though: but, since you're talking about BHB, so yeah. he made his name and made his bones doing berms out of the get-go made a lot yeah. of money doing that and made it so he had time to you could pump out 60 you know 60 heads yeah. on a berm clutch and just bang and then you could amass your pyro army yeah trial by error 
lose, make, whatever, exactly. so on and so forth. And then that he actually, along with some of the ball python folks, kind of pioneered the idea of showing up with 500 snakes. Yeah. And so if, if he's just banging out berms and then three years later he goes to Daytona and is like, hey, guess what? Pyros are cool now and I've got 300 of them. Yeah. You know, it it looks yeah. like he banged out 300 that year. Well, yeah. no, man. The, the dude worked for like five years and just didn't yeah. say anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you they, know? they were infinitely harder, yeah. 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 And people don't take into account that he lives in a place where it actually gets really cold. Where you can actually brewmate this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So he he's a northern Midwest guy. And so, you know, when, when you're going to the Daytonas, the super shows and all these places, you know, NARBC Arlington is monster. And you're going to sell to all these folks and then be like, oh, by the way, I live where it's cold. Yeah. My bad. And, and <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of amazing. A lot of these animals have come up a lot in price. Uh, pyros are kind of in that 250, 350 range. Uh, some of the AML, some of the aberrant uh, hypoe stuff is way more than that, up in the thousand range. And, and, and you know, you're, you're. It's not something I think about often, and I don't think it's something any of us think about it. But you you ain't getting rich breeding those animals, right? You're you're hoping to recoup your 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 uh, your, your costs and, and your headaches and your struggles. How much is every hour of my time worth? Uh, you know, say it's 15 minutes to get a pinky tail all the way down a snake's mouth or scenting trials. Oh man. The amount of time you'll spend on scenting trials. Uh, even me with a small, small amount of colubrids, uh, it's a thing, you know what I mean? It's so it makes, it makes sense. Stuff that's a little easier to get going. I did my my first round of Nutra back tonight, Chris, by the way, speaking of. I've, I've had really good luck with it. Uh, you know, Baja rats. I don't think I could talk enough about how little success I've had with them. Uh, what, a, what a, what a weird animal to keep. I'm convinced it's the humidity. Uh, my house stays about 55%. Um, those animals live where it's like 10%. Yeah. And, uh, everybody I know that's had success with them is in like California, Nevada, Arizona. And, and I, I'm going to, you know, these, I have this pair. They're still alive. They are not thriving. Uh, I've tried a few different things. I've got it to where I'm keeping the humidity super low. Uh, they get water very rarely. Uh, kind of like when I was doing my rosy boas, but for some reason, the rosy boas just never had a problem. Uh, but they will throw up. And, and, of course, you know, test for crypto. Make sure it's not something like that. Test again because you're anal and go ahead and wait a third time and test. Uh, and, and, and it's not crypto. They just will regurgitate anything they eat immediately. It's within a day. And what's been working now uh, is cutting the pinky up really good so that I know it's being digested and just soaking it in Nutribac and feeding about once a week. Maybe now, actually about once every three weeks, sorry. And uh, they're alive. They're fat. They're healthy. They don't have spines showing. Uh, but mine are, mine are two years old and about the size of a three-month-old corn snake. So Jeez. that's wow. something. Uh, they don't get started on pinkies. They don't want to eat. They go off feed every winter. Uh, they go off feed during the summer when it's breeding season. Even the males and females, even babies, just stop eating. Uh, so I, I want to figure it out. I really yeah, want to figure that species Jake out. Jake the other day was like, dude, let's get some some greens. I was like, hell no, dude. Stenicola <laughs> uh, striascus, suppose you're a little easier, um, but they can also do the same thing as garters and have uh, scaly, scale issues. 
mm-hmm. with high humidity. And, and again, stick to my trans picos. Yeah, you're you're rolling dice on animals, and it sucks because colubrids are very very fragile. Uh, they're they're fragile at at their at their very best, and you're spending man, you know, five hundred to six hundred dollars per animal on some of these guys, and, and it, it's a shot in the dark. That there is something to be said though that there needs to be a group of us trying to do that, right? We need to be trying to figure it out. We need to start putting it on paper, telling other people how to do it. Um, but sometimes you just don't have luck. It just happens. It just yeah. it's not going to work out. What's well, like I got. Uh... I got pyros, my first pyros ever. I got them in Daytona. And my female was born, I guess, end of June, early July. Yeah. And the guy said it was eaten, frozen thawed. Well, it's yet to eat for me. Yeah. But it hasn't lost a dime of weight. Nope. And I've tried scenting. I've tried boiled. I've tried all of it. And I'm wondering if I should just brumate it. Yep. But at the same time, I'm terrified (laughs) because, you know what I mean? Wine cooler set at 50, 55 degrees. Make sure it's dark. There's no light getting in there. Throw them in there for a month. You know, just try that one month. A lot of alternative guys will do that. Uh, you got a baby that just won't eat. Uh, and, and you don't want to put them through a full brumation. Uh, and you haven't necessarily done anything to kickstart that uh, that metabolism. Throw them in a, throw them in a wine cooler. Uh, that's how I got my first pair of pyros. Uh, I traded a real pretty gargoyle gecko. Got a pair of pyros in 2017, possibly. 2018. And I, I bought them right out of the egg, or I didn't buy them. Obviously, we, I got them right out of the egg. They were never eating, and they never ate. They straight up. I mean, I tried everything: scenting with the knolls, literally just baby anoles, uh, baby geckos, uh, Mediterranean geckos, um, boiled, brained, uh, dirt, chicken hearts, uh, fish scent. I mean, you name it. I've I tried on nothing. Brumated them, uh, pulled them out. Boom! They came out. Both of them fired up. Eight, 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 eight. Uh, John's actually going to be pairing those up. Uh, I, I gave them to him because he's like, he gets pyros, right? Like he's a pyro yeah. guy. Uh, and he's going to be pairing them up next season. So, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy is like going back to what Bill was saying about uh, like the Hondo, the hobby Hondos and stuff. I vividly remember the first time I went to a Tampa show was like 2006 or 2007. And right at that time, Reptiles Mag had a, a, an issue that came out with just the ghost on the cover. You know what I'm talking about? Like that crazy purple and black and just the ghost. Dude, yeah. right? And there were so many freaking Hondurans at that show. And I went up getting my first tangerines there. Nice. And, you know, played around with them, whatever, got rid of them, gave them to friends and stuff. And then now I just saw Billy and Casey last week at Tampa. And we met up with Vic from J-Babies. And... We got Honda. We got Hondurans from him, so That's like awesome. now we're doing like a Hondo project, and it's I love it. It's phenomenal. It's just crazy how like cyclical it is. Yeah, but at the same time, it's also like nostalgic cyclical. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a feeling you get uh, that we we have this passion, right? Like we we have this passion forever. Uh, you can you can completely get out of the hobby, and and you're gonna find. Uh, Justin's going to be walking around. He's going to find a corn snake. And, and, and that feeling from the first time he found one in, 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 his, in his heart, it, it's, that, it, it's, it's, it's in your soul, man. Uh, that, I have no soul. <laughs> that, that feeling can get sparked by so many things. Uh, man, at a reptile show and I, I see chameleons or something, and me and my brother uh, bred veiled chameleons way back in the day. 
and it's like just seeing them and just just remember those little babies they they, they look so lethargic and and just dead coming out of the egg right they look like these little animals are never going to make it and then a couple of days later they're moving around and they're eating and and then they grow like weeds and it's oh man there, there, there's the 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 emotions you can spark up just from just seeing something, seeing a picture. If I see my old Felsuma book, uh, you know, first species I've read, Gold Dust Ega goes, uh, when I just see that book from, from that I had back in 1998, I just see the book on my shelf and I'll look at it and I'll kind of look and I, I, you know, I, I dog-eared it and I'd put sticky notes in it when I was a kid and I'm going to have standings day geckos and I'm going to have peacock day geckos and it, it just, I, oh man. And then you see them, you see them online or you see them at a show and that childish fever just gets over you like mom dad i gotta have all of them there's no way i can go home without one and it's it's uh it's real man yeah. it's, it's literally it's literally every oh, time i find a pygmy in the wild every time dude yes I think everyone awesome. has that one species you know that just like bill what's yours what was the what's this what's that species for you Ooh, the gotta have it species for me is usually um this is going to be really stupid uh nile monitors hell yeah really i can get it yeah okay. yeah yeah so Niles when i was in college yeah when i was in college that was the thing of um and i mean they're still stereotypically that today but savs and niles they came in really cheap they came in small they were really mean so on and so forth um and my professor he he had a bearded dragon and i when i f first got there i was like I'm going to get all these cool animals, da da da, so on and so forth. I was in college, didn't have any money. And he was like, you know, I think in the lab, you need to bring a Nile monitor in and we're going to work on it. And I, I want you to work on that. And I was like, okay. Because he's, <laughs> he's explaining, he's like, yeah, you know, and they're really aggressive and, and working with monitors. And op that's, he was one of the first people I heard for operating temperature. You know, they get really warm, then they're going to crank. And, and they're really going to get it, you know? And uh, I'm like, all right. But this is the same guy that was explaining to me while he's explaining these lessons about how to work with these large lizards that get aggressive and so on and so forth. He's using bearded dragons as the opposite example. And he used to feed them squash. And he was an old dude, had like a big uh, handlebar mustache and like a honker of a nose. And he's sitting there. We had a monster enclosure, and he's holding a piece of squash like this, and this thing just latches onto his face. Ooh. <laughs> and, and I was like, hey, man, I thought those were like the anti-monitor. Aren't they supposed to be really cool? And he's like, well, you know, they get territorial or whatever. And I was like, yeah, all right. So, uh, yeah, we just dove headlong into playing with monitors and all kinds of ridiculous stuff. And uh yeah, it's giant lizards that don't like people. Uh, that's what I like. <laughs> what about you, Billy? Yeah, Billy. That I don't have. You're just the <laughs> no, you're nostalgia no, species, it, man. Yeah, you can have it still. You know. So you know what? Fuck snakes. I still I still got pygmies. <laughs> no, on, well, you guys know I talk about it all the time. Sailfin dragons. Oh wow! Yeah. What an animal. Yeah. If I if like space was no you know issue or whatever uh, i i would definitely have a bunch of sailfin dragons i've always liked uh water dragons basilisks stuff like that i like the medium size semi-aquatic uh, semi-arboreal you know agama stuff because uh, before i got into snakes i was really big into lizards i've done the chameleons geckos euros 
Um, just all of them are super cool, but the, the water dragons and sailfin dragons and stuff that just always stuck with me to where, uh, when I was in Schaumburg, uh, I might've been with you at this point, Bill. Um, there was a table that had a couple larger sailfins on them. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was enamored. I don't know if you were there with me when I just like stared at them for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I didn't say anything to anybody. I just stood there like a weird guy, just, <laughs> just staring at these animals, but they just, every time I see them, especially a bigger one, it just, I stop in my track. So they're just, they're the coolest animals, you know? But, um, yeah, that's easily the nostalgic species for me. There's a zoo up here with a pair of those big purple monsters. They got some choppers on them too. Oh, that is, yeah. really? that's a that's a for real lizard. Yeah, yeah. It looks like that thing bites for kids. And what's crazy is I don't think I've ever seen like in per like I've seen plenty of selfins in person. I've held them, but they're always been like the house pet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like yep. the the eight year old yeah. kid plays with it. You know, it's just a big yep. dinosaur. I, I've never seen an a defensive one, and I imagine it would be pretty ferocious. <laughs> Think of a basilisk, just a lot stockier. That's yeah. probably a good way to describe them. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I've ne I used to reach out to him a lot because I had a one of the um, intergrades that get you know the cheap uh, imports that come in. I rolled the dice on one of those a few years back, and uh, so I was in contact with Scott Corning here uh, nice. in Florida. I was in contact with him for a while and super nice guy. He'll, he'll give you any information he has. Like he's just, he's passionate about those animals. And, uh, I regret not trying to go see his place. Cause I'm not far from him. I think he's like an Ocala or something, which is like an hour and a half from here. Uh, but he's like, he keeps them outside part of the year and, uh, he's got the real big ones. And like the, the picture you always see, if you search, sailfin dragons of like the big purple philippine sailfin on a uh, oak tree that's from scott you know and it's Majestic like ones. yeah i yeah. mean it's almost four feet long i mean granted you know 75 percent of it is its tail but you know that's still a big animal and it's a big know, animal yeah yeah you're still talking about like at least a four or five inch dorsal fin you know oh yeah for sure so uh, hopefully one day that would be really cool. I mean, I don't even care. That's one of those species where I would be happy just having them. I could care less if they produced or anything like that. Like, yeah, it'd be cool. But just being able to see it every day and be like, man, okay, I actually have that species that I've just always been enamored with since I got into reptiles, you know, because I, I got a, a water dragon. Jeez, I might have been in middle school. And so, of course, I get a water dragon book and they have a little section on basilisk and a little section on sail fins. And I always like I always looked at the sail fin chapter like I, I couldn't get enough of it, you know, so maybe one day. Not today, <laughs> but maybe one day. Uh, just to go circle back around, Bill Bradley, did you are you putting anything together currently? I think I feel like we missed you. Uh, the only thing I have put together recently is uh, I told you guys in the group chat uh, a pair of cockroaches at a child's birthday party. <laughs> My man. Uh, not not intentionally. 
I, I think it's funny to not, I don't know. It's, it's just different listening to all you guys and, and seeing your posts and stuff. Cause as it goes through the different periods of the year, you guys are all doing different actions in your collections based off of brumation or breeding, or then you're getting egg boxes and you're, you guys have this whole system set up because for large chunks of your collection, like that's the purpose. And then I, I don't do that at all. <laughs> you know, like I, my current project now that the fall is coming has nothing to do with fall. I'm building an eight foot by six foot by four foot uh, green iguana enclosure. That's got 900 pounds of dirt in it currently. Um, Jesus. And that's awesome. the that's the second that's the second one, and then uh, I had a tortoise pass away, and so I repurposed his eight by three by whatever nine hundred pounds of dirt box that now is going to have uh, Russian tortoises and European legless lizards in a, a fake not fake it actually is real banana trees but a citrus grove which is where the legless lizards come as bycatch when they're looking for Russian tortoises. That's uh, awesome. And I'm, I'm building that right now. Um, That's yeah, so I don't, cool. That's awesome. I don't breed stuff. I just build ridiculous things and then continue to show little kids dinosaurs. I don't know. Well, that, that, that cohab with the <laughs> European stuff, that sounds like a hell of a magazine article, my friend. So I am unofficially stealing the idea from San Diego zoo. They don't use legless. They use, um, Jewel, jeweled lacertas, okay. Uh, Russian tortoises, and I guess they have a, a pretty large enclosure planted and all that good stuff. And it's because it's San Diego; the weather is beautiful. Um, I have been fortunate enough that I have gotten grass to grow in my basement, and nice. so I have I have three enclosures right now. Uh, the, the two the two monster dirt filled enclosures. Uh, I have a 160 trough that is that's just growing grass. There's nothing else in it because I wanted to make sure I could grow the grass. And then um, once I got the system down for growing that grass, um, I have a pair of crested geckos in an 18 by 18 by 24. Uh, and that whole thing is it's like four inches of grass now. So did you um, did you start with like a sod type thing or did you grow it from seed? From seed, I got uh, oh, right this. This rye grass that um, Ryan McVeigh put me onto, they were trying to do it in their small crocodilian enclosures, but crocodilians destroy everything, so it wasn't yeah. working out. Um, so I planted uh, the the Russian tortoises and just like way overseeded, so as they were trampling, it would still grow. And then the enclosure that's being converted for the uh, my second green iguana uh, that has uh, an assortment of elephant ear hostas in it that are just kind of doing their own thing. And then I grassed the whole bottom. And then uh, there's a concrete mixing tub in one end. Cause that's going to, that'll be a, another, I'm a cohab center for some stuff. So <laughs> um, that enclosure, I am going to do uh, my orange green iguana male. Who's probably about 60 inches. And then there will be an adult male red foot in the bottom of that. That's what the water feature is for. Nice. So it'll be an, it should be an actual grass field with a tortoise walking through it. And then a tree structure with an iguana. That's awesome. That sounds so cool. Man. Fucking great. Yeah. If, if uh, going back on something you said there, Bill, 
uh, if anybody, you know, I don't, obviously most people listening are going to kind of know this. If anybody thinks you're not qualified to talk about these animals or not be a part of them because <laughs> you don't fucking breed, they are out of their minds. Uh, you know, I agree. That's what all the cool kids do, man. Uh, I agree. Hey, I, I, ha- I have officially bred morning geckos. I'm I'm a reptile breeder. We're out here. Uh, It's uh, for for me, breeding is a byproduct of these animals I want to keep, but I love making more of them. Uh, But but I I do love there's there's a there's a there's a childish love in me to how you do it. Uh, You're just passionate about the animals and, 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 you know, you're, you're okay with just having them. And that's that's awesome. That's that's really awesome. So selfishly. I, I use my collection to do educational shows. And so there's a core group of animals that travel to shows. And then I, you know, I have other things that are either aggressive or too delicate and they can't so on and so forth. And so when we did the storefront, that's set up like a petting zoo. Yeah. And I kind of started to put together pretty quickly that large zoological institutions don't have collections i mean they ha- most of them have nice reptile collections you know, san diego's off the chain st louis is crazy um but most zoos are actually fairly limited in what they display for reptiles and they're incredibly yeah. limited for what you can interact with um just because they don't have enough staff in, in to facilitate that you know everybody you would pay way more money to pet a penguin or a giraffe or whatever than you will to touch a sulcata tortoise and so it just <laughs> priorities change for them right yeah. And so as we were doing this, like I pretty quickly put together that like in my facility in nowhere, Illinois, in the middle of a cornfield, um, I have more reptiles that you can touch than like zoological institutions in the Midwest. And so it started to change how we were doing things. Um, and then I, I always look at the guys in South Dakota and how they have their insanely diverse collection. And I am really jealous and I want to do that. And so that's what I do. Hey guys, I left for a second. <laughs> Hello. Thanks, Vic. Yeah, thanks, Vic. You already missed the uh, us name drop you, but you're here and that's all that matters. By the way, hey. does, my, does my audio sound better now? Because I realized that this entire time my microphone was not turned on. I swear you turned on your microphone and that kicked me out. It literally said you, you, you. It, it like said uh, you were removed from the chat or something. Oh man, that's that. Never awesome. mind then. But do yo, it, those I, veins were ready to go. Phil, <laughs> what about you? What are you pairing up? What do you got going? What are you ready for? Oh geez. Um. Well, so the this is going to sound crazy, but about three weeks ago, the the main heat lamp on my girdle tail enclosure it burned out. Right, it was just old bolt. Right. But I was like, you know what? It's 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 October. I might as well just leave it off. Roll with so, it. Yeah. So yeah. So so she's still basking, but there's no heat there. And then every night the AC is pumping into the enclosure. So it's dropping. So even though the room itself is like 71, 70, the AC coming out is like 54. Huh, so, she's, okay. so she's getting that cold air constantly. And uh, so I'm thinking maybe... Uh, beginning of the new year, I may just put the bowl back on so that cool air is still coming in at night, but then it's still getting a little warmer during the day and then throw the, throw a male into it. The question is, though, I have an unrelated male that I've seen lock up, but has never produced. 
So do I put that male to her or do I put her son to her? Because this would be his first time breeding and he's finally old enough. So I haven't really and, decided. And these are the Ouroboros, right? No, God, I wish. No, oh, this I is thought, uh, I thought you had Ouroboros cataphracti. No, man, I wish. That's a that's a dream species right there. I, I'm I'm I don't make enough money to get them just yet. Don't you work with somebody that has them or I've seen no. you post pictures. No, no, I mean we post pictures, but like delusions of grandeur. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't have the scratch for it uh, anytime soon. But even when we like we had this, we had sun gazers and at the museum, and that's what it was. It was it was it was sun gazers. Yeah, they, that was that was a long time ago with Marcus at the museum, um, and they weren't mine. You know, yeah. But, uh, we had a lot of different species of smog and cordillas over the years. The only ones I keep now are Rhodesianus, and I've got if you include two year old babies. Because they're still tiny, I've got two point five. That's one, two, three, four. Two point four left. So, okay. Yeah. So hopefully I'll get something out of them this year. But uh, I'm probably going to pair IJs. I'm probably just going to throw them together and uh, cross my fingers. I think maybe in the next couple weeks, Billy Hunt's laughing at me. I love it. And uh, I'm like, oh, I told him I was going to do it two weeks ago. So that's what's funny. <laughs> and uh, other than that, man, everything's still small. Everything's still baby. You know? Got what about your, uh, what about your nephurus? Your, uh, oh, dude, I don't know what the hell's going on. The girls are so unresponsive. So I think uh, I'm still dropping temps right now. So once I get temps down to their 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 lowest point, I may just leave a mail in. And like, if they kill each other, or whatever they kill each other. Like, I'm just Dude, gonna no. leave them in there. My my buddy that has had my original trio. This would be a couple years ago now. Just keeps his cohabed, right? And dude, he probably produces. He pulls them apart in December for a month, and then puts them back together. And he he produces more than he could sell. He's giving really? them away at shows. Yeah, he's got tons. Dude, the past two years, I've got no pairings. The past two years, and the girls are just so defensive. They literally do the they do the, the whole male courtship back at the male. Yeah, and like they're proven breeders. Like I've got eggs out of them. How, how big is the enclosure? Oh, geez, probably eighteen by ten in in floor space. Oh, see, he's got his in like a V seventy. Oh, big. really? Yeah, okay. huge. And and it's just real hot on one side. And one thing that I think is working really well for him is real cool on the other side. Uh, yeah. Dude, he's got he's breeding Levis now. Uh, he's got albino pilbs. Yeah, he, oh, uh, he went off the deep end on 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 Nobtail. He's always offering me some. Because uh, yeah, when I when I gave him that original trio, I was like, you know, if you ever produce any, I want some. He offered me some a pair of Levis recently, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm so worried about my humidity. You know, so much of my stuff is high humidity. I I, I that room with with the guards, how much I spray uh, the leeches, anything that's high humidity. Or can't handle high humidity, just doesn't. Yeah. Do well. My my brevis are doing great, Justin. If you have ever thought about wanting brevis and breeding brevis, dude, the babies are 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 fine. They're well, dude, they're Dustin not. Dustin drew me for Secret Santa, and of course, he doesn't have any coleonics right now because that would have been my first choice. <laughs> nice. Have him send you some vertebralis. He can literally find them in his backyard. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put that on the list with the night snakes. You guys are oh, going to ruin dude. Dom's night if you're talking about Secret Santa and when letting that all these is, secrets uh, out. That is the hey, My Secret Santa does not know that I picked him yet. Or her. And uh, I still don't know what to get him. It's really hard. <laughs> Mine doesn't <laughs> know yet. Nice, nice. Billy sent me uh, 
Stone Cold Steve Austin beer last year, and I loved it. Hell I drew yeah. Chris and Dustin drew me. That's all I need to know. <laughs> uh, well, well, Chris, let me ask you this. So I've got two-year-old Millie that I that was supposed to be a pair. It turned out to be two girls. Yeah. Now, perfect. I have a yearling male, but he's so dinky, man. I'm afraid that, like, he's just too small. Like does, I, He might surprise you. Yeah. Does he have good uh, fat storage in his tail? Yeah, his tail's good. It's just his balls haven't dropped, man. Uh, is he past 12 months? I mean, is he, is he past a year? Yeah, he should be. I think he yeah. is. I think I got him right around 12 months. You, you, you're so. going to know real fast. Those animals, they're so apparent when they decline. Um, be prepared for a crash. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's one of those things, like, with a lot of these terrestrial geckos that are not... Honestly, I would even say with leopard geckos, I don't know what leopard geckos were always kind of in that realm for me. Uh, when these animals start to crash, terrestrial ge- geckos because they have such a high metabolism, you know immediately, right? Like you yeah. could look at it and you know. Sure, uh, sure. So I, I mean, I don't think you're going to hurt anything trying it. Um, you, you'll know pretty quick by the way they're acting. You, you're so aware of how your females act. You're so aware of how your male acts. Once you put them together, probably introducing the male to the females. You're going to kind of know if something odd's going on. Are they staying at different hides? Are they staying at a different side of the cage? Yeah. How's their appetite? You feed them X amount of food items. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a very analytical guy. So you're going you're gonna to know real quick. Okay. My biggest thing, never pair. And, and I, and I got to preach on this because I did it this year, and I, I almost killed a re- very special gargoyle gecko. Uh, never pair geckos too small when they're females. Uh, yeah. they, they, they just put so much into themselves to produce mm-hmm. eggs. Uh, you know, gargoyles have this really interesting thing they do when they're stressed uh, or dehydrated. They do it for a couple of different reasons where their tail just like kinks, like zigzags. Really? And, and, and it'll stay that way for months if they're stressed out. Or de- again, dehydration is, is a very good example of that. But it fixes itself like overnight sometimes. And it'll go right back to a normal uh, garg tail. And, and man, yeah, I had old Quasimodo, the, the female I've been raising up. I paired her up this year. She was over 40 grams, which is usually my, my number is 40 to 45, and she was like 41. And I put her with this hot shot male I got. He's a he's a piece of shit, really. Uh, <laughs> and and dude, two or man, maybe 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 a week. I was gonna say two or three days, probably a week. I found her just on the bottom of the cage, just lifeless, man. And her tail was Tina. all screwed up. And I was like, oh fuck, what have I done? I pulled her out. She's good now. Uh, she's over 45 grams. I'm just not gonna pair her till next year. And hey, she also. Might not be a breeder, right? Like, yeah, these animals we have uh, might not be. Not every single one was designed to, to produce a whole bunch of babies, and, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, I might, uh, I might throw the the underwatersaurus together, and then I'll definitely, I'll definitely put some synctus together in bigger enclosures and just see what happens. But, dude, like, it's it's, I I literally leave them together for a few hours, and I just sit there and watch the synctus. Yeah. And they just hate each other. Are you introducing the male to the female? Yeah. No. See, once you have something that starts acting territorial, just like Lichianus, got to be on neutral ground. You know what I mean? That's all right. All right. I, you, you know that that male's breaking into their house. Uh, yeah. They've never. You know, they've been two years for them is thirty years for us. What are you, What yeah. are you going to do when when some super hot female breaks down your door and says she's going to breed you? You know what I mean? We're, we're pulling it. out the gun. You know, we're, we're, you're <laughs> yeah. pulling up the Rolodex of pistols and going like, which one is it tonight? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so uh, it, they're breaking and entering. I think you her, and I have house. different reactions there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that's. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. 
his analogy was heartfelt. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it, but I thought maybe <laughs> the logic changed a little bit. Just let him roll. Let him roll. But yeah, I, I honestly, I wrote off because this year until I kind of figure things out better. But I don't know. I It's still early enough that I could do stuff. I know yeah. uh, some people just some. And what's crazy is, man, Aussie Gek, like Carfidactylidae in the U.S. is so all over the place. That like people are just pairing stuff now, but they're also just laying eggs and having stuff hatch out at the same time right now. Yeah, it's just just because there was a book wrote on how to do this doesn't mean that's the only way to do right. it. You right. do not have to pair now. Pair them in the middle of summer. Yeah, the animals uh, didn't read the book. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they they and 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 they're also specifically not in Australia right now. That's so that's very true. They have nor, no idea, nor have their parents, grandparents, or great grandparents. <laughs> yeah, that's so. I. I I literally have a gravid corn snake that's about to lay eggs. <laughs> oh, that's that, awesome. Like, you know, I, I don't. Wow. I check out my animals, right? Like, I, I do health inspections. In my mind, that's what I call it, really. It's sure. just like taking them out and taking pictures. I had a female out, and she was ovulating, and it was, you know, about a month and a half, two months ago. And I was like, you know, you didn't breed last year. I cooled you. You're ovulating for sure. You're swollen at the hips, you know. And, and I threw the male that was supposed to go to her last year. Um, in fact, I sold this snake to a, a really sweet friend of mine. I was like, hey, see if you can pair this girl up and, and, and try her out next year. She didn't go for me this year. So I, I was going to send her up to New York, but it was getting cold. So I was like, ah, well, I'll throw them together. And uh, yeah, she's about to go into a uh, pre-lay shed like any minute. <laughs> she's nice. huge. She's got, you know, 10, 12 eggs in her. And so that's awesome. She she didn't read the book. I, I have the book. Well, I said, well, Kathy Love said no. And there she is. <laughs> What's funny is talking about like like thinking outside the bo- the book, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I got baby Telescopus obtusus a few weeks back, and the male took live Pinky after some you know leaving him alone, kind of you know sequestering him, just let him be his thing. And the female just didn't want to do nothing. I was like, all right, you know, it's time to start introducing other prey items, right? So. I walk by the girdle tail enclosure and I see that the, the one female has this like shark fin of peeling skin. Hmm. And I was like, I could wrap a pinky in a burrito of skin. So I like grabbed her real quick, peeled the skin off, right? Just, just, it's going to fall off eventually. I'd rather have me peeled off that to find it in the enclosure. Yeah. And I wrapped a live pinky in this back strap of lizard shed and I just stuck it in the front opening of one of the crevices for the female obtusis. And I came back like maybe an hour later and her head was out and she was like, something smells good. <laughs> That's awesome. And she wound up nuzzling the the skin off of the pinky and ate it. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. It, like it, it couldn't have asked for more. So th- I left the skin in there. She didn't eat the skin. I actually thought she might eat the skin. I left the skin in there and I'll probably use that same piece of skin this coming week and do the same thing and see if it works because obviously I, I'd, otherwise I'd have to wait for the damn girdle tail to shed again. We'll yeah. Be, but. And also a good thing to do is, is save those sheds and freeze them uh, yeah. and then just use small portions of them. Yeah, just put a yeah. little patch on their head or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you can use, I, I've heard of this and I don't, I haven't done it yet, uh, but you can use a small amount of, I believe, Vaseline if you want to take just the tiniest amount. Oh, and like that a, like, like a Vaseline. Tip. Yeah, and, yeah, and like put it on the skin and get it if it, if it to get it yeah. to stick. You could probably stick. do mineral oil. I, I think mineral oil would probably work. Just gonna say mineral oil. Uh, yep. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a there's a literally a million ways to get a cat, but 
Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Hey, Billy, I am going to pair my Chinese beauties next year. So they're getting that ready to go down. Awesome. Yeah. So hopefully. I'm, uh, I'm planning on mine this year again. So we'll see what happens. I, my, mine are getting treated like corn snakes. If they don't breed like corn snakes, we'll try something out next year. But <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing the same thing the corn snakes are doing. Yeah, I've gotten locks from mine. Uh, so I'm sure if I think my issue is I just don't get them cold enough. So I'm sure you'll have no issues with those, man. Yeah, my 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 cold room here at the house. They're not going to go to the to the the deep freeze. Um, the cold room here mm-hmm. will be 55 to 65. I I don't like it getting over 65. And honestly, on some of the the bull snakes, I don't like seeing mm-hmm. it under 55. Um, especially the local mm-hmm. stuff. I don't think they see temps under under 55 really even though we've had freezes and of course there's rare occasions um yeah man so that freeze that happened in february this year uh and and looks like it's gonna be another cold year i saw like maybe i think think that was more than a freeze yeah the 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 shit that happened in texas this year was monumental it's never happening on our on our record record books uh i saw maybe 10 atrox this year maybe 15 and I usually see like a hundred. Uh, was happy to see them because we just didn't see. It's funny. I didn't see a lot of animals this year. Uh, this was probably the lowest year for actually seeing snakes. But I saw. I got an annulata and I got an alterna, <laughs> and I got a cuculata, a, 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 a tantilla cuculata. And uh, yeah, but that's just that's the difference between east and west. Like yeah, Texas is so grand that yeah. you know. Whatever cold snap, if you want to call it that, whatever torrential blizzard you yeah. got, Corpus didn't touch, you know, the Davis. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what's crazy is like in the Davis Mountains right now, it's literally in the 30s and snowing on the peaks. And, and it's like, yeah, well, they're just used to that. I, I, I man, these animals, the, these snakes are being found at 58 degrees in, in the Madera Canyon moving. That's when they're out. That's when they're eating. I, I just, uh, more. I, I want to see more. I want to see more numbers. I want to see more analytics. Uh, I wish they were a little bit easier to find. I wish we could get on so much private land over there. That's that's a big problem. You know what I mean? Nobody's ever flipped an alternate, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's it's like I wish we could get more analytics on those animals because they are bulletproof, right? They're they're just what a crazy animal that's out hunting at fifty eight degrees. But so are the blacktails. So are the lepidus. You know, the, the Atrox, the Emrei, the Sonorans over there, uh, they're, they're not moving. They don't move when it's cold. But that's when you'll get these animals that are out that are, that are the, the real, the jewels, we would say. The jewels over there. The gems. The gems. The gems, the gems well, of Texas. Speaking, speaking of gems, Billy Hunt, how's the Pac-Man? Uh, the Pixie? Oh, the Pixie, excuse me. Yeah, well the the original Pac Man is doing great. I, I meant the I meant the Pixie. Yeah, the Pixie, dude, it eats way better than uh than the Pac Man does. The Pac Man takes some time. The Pixie, I just put anything in front of it and it it could fit on a quarter right now, like it's that small. <laughs> but he's just Well you know why, right? It's because it's African. Oh God! Don't e- don't even start with that Just crap. Just like the rains down, down in Africa. I should have known you were gonna go there. Still, one of these days, I'm gonna yeah. get you in my 2003 Discovery, my Land Rover Discovery, and we're just gonna go shoot something. That I'm I'm 100 in, bro. 100 in. 
Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to sit on the freaking roof. <laughs> My dad stole it from me, but it still runs. AC still nice. works. It's still good. That's awesome. Can you have Phil yeah. dress up like the, the dude from Jumanji? Dude, we a, already got. I need a bucket seat on the on the How short the shorts? You can't even oh, see my shorts. Oh my Jesus, god! Are you even wearing any? Uh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Cat, it's whoa. just we're ready to go. <laughs> man, why does he have so many like cuts and scratches on his upper thighs? Because he's a man in a man. shorts. <laughs> wear, wear shorts so short you can see your underwear. Be a man. <laughs> Be a man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, random, but Sid in the chat, I did see you and thank you. Yeah, I kind of, I've been pretty bad about, about, we've been, it's so deep and heated and not heated, but passionate in conversation. I've, I've missed a bunch of good comments. I know Jen Davis is, is really happy and pleased to see how passionate we are. And, uh, Mike Kosicki obviously says, you know, yay, congratulations, all that good stuff. Jen Davis was the uh, young lady you had on your show last week or the week before? Last week. Yeah, last week. What an episode. Right? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, 100%, man. For sure. Great topic. Great guest. Very cool. Yep. Great conversation. Yeah. Love to see it. Yeah, that was was great. I was fully enamored the whole time. Awesome. That's what we like to hear, man. Love it. Oh. We all learned again how Brent's traveling internet is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I'm Lest actually forget. I feel like if you're Brent, you should have like a legit handheld hotspot. You know what I mean? Like he carries a mobile router. Like if I was him, I would find some kind of satellite router. On so I'm pretty sure they call those satellite phones, but no. But you know what I mean? Like they have the, they do they have the built-in mobile router in your vehicle. You think they'd make some kind of handheld thing? Hey, next time y'all are in West Texas, you can rent satellite phones and satellite routers because I know you don't have cell service because ain't nobody got cell oh, service yeah. over there. Oh yeah, uh, you can actually rent sat phones. It's um, actually and, not a bad idea because yeah. there was plenty of scenarios where things could have been real bad. We, yeah. you, well, you fought a bear. I don't know if anybody knows that, <laughs> but it was man-to-man combat with model with bear. my bare hands. And What's funny taking, is. Prior, prior to that trip to West Texas, I, I had already been looking at sat phones and satellite transponders and stuff for like yeah. going to going to Africa, going to Australia, going to the Middle East, you know, my my delusions of, of you know, internet, international travel. And, uh, and I was like, oh, man, it's, it's, it's West Texas. I mean, we're going to go remote, but it's West Texas. <laughs> they got nah, 5G. Nah. And it's like might no. as well have been on the moon. Yeah. yeah. And then the last night, where were, where were we the last night, Justin? <laughs> Chili's. Uh, no, it was, it was <laughs> oh, hey, uh, great thing to bring up there. I don't know if y'all know this, but I have a little sign ready to go. Uh, just straight heads up, Chili sucks. Oh, man. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, man. He's been waiting over an hour to do that. <laughs> just wanted y'all to know. That's awesome. Heartfelt. No, it was Loma Alta stuff. So. The um, but yeah, you know, after like the third day, everything just kind of became a blur and just. So we're in, we're smack dab in the middle of Texas, right? Pretty much and along it, for the ride at that point. <laughs> we're smack dab in the middle of Texas. We're staying at this hunting lodge, at like a B and B hunting lodge, right? And we're surrounded by fairly rural areas, but it's not the middle of nowhere like West Texas, right? Yeah. Zero service. Yeah. <laughs> I had more service in the middle of nowhere on the Mexican border to, with my feet in the Rio Grande. I had more service. Yeah. 
than I did in the center of Texas. Yeah, y'all were <laughs> in the, the Pandale, Howard Draw area, Loma Alta. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Del Rio is like 20 minutes south of you, which is like well, a pretty big city. Well, and that's the best part is like I we went and got tacos in Del Rio. And the minute I stopped the car and put it in park so we can go into the taco restaurant, yeah, it says – Verizon Wireless, welcome to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was that was good. Del Rio is a fundamentally known as the armpit of Texas. Hey man, the tacos were phenomenal. Oh, they're amazing. amazing. And I live on the I live on the nutsack. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, gentlemen, uh, I have some of the the best of Snakes and Stogie stuff. Should we start to kick it? Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. the whole idea, right? Yeah, well, th- th- this group tends to you know, take take Billy got to rugs. talking about pixie frogs. I fucking talk a lot, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, man, I have a pixie frog. They're awesome. They are. Thank awesome. you, Billy. Their stomachs Billy with legs. It. They're just it's voids. One, honestly, pixies are one of the only amphibians that I would consider keeping. My problem is, is I'm very uh, neglectful with the whole clean water thing and not tap water and all that jazz. So I get like really apprehensive about it. Yeah, I'm man. Gonna, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've met me or not, but my pixie frog lives in tap water. If you ain't living in tap water here, you ain't living. <laughs> my frogs are all in tap water, and they've been fine. So yeah. All right. Well, that gives me hope. <laughs> Yo, we literally had Aaron Brockovich in my city. You cannot drink the tap water here. <laughs> I'm dead serious. That's fantastic. Oh man, I got that mixed up with being John Malkovich. I was like, what does that have to do with water? <laughs> what does a charismatic bald man have to do with your water quality? <laughs> Hey, I'm going to hold out for Hellbenders, though. Y'all hear me first. I'm, Dude, I'm do it whenever any, they're available. I got anybody, an Amphiuma. It's as close as want? I can get. That's cool, man. Those are badass. Dude, we used to... This is going to sound horrible, and I'm probably going to get put on some kind of you know, animal cruelty list or whatever, but... Here we go. <laughs> there, was, there was once a time when uh, the wholesalers would get a lot of Amphiumas, and they would keep them in horse troughs, and the surface of the water would be covered in duckweed, right? And they put like maybe 10 or 15 infumas in one big horse trough. And it had a filter and purify water and, you know, everything that the, the little wormer would need. And every once in a while, um, you know, you'd have a, a, a snake that didn't want to eat its wrap up. So you'd throw the wrap up in the infuma water and oh, the yeah. wrap up would start swimming. And it was like that scene in Jaws where the girl gets pulled under the water. <laughs> and it's like you didn't see any, not a ripple, bro. Not a Jesus. ripple. And it's like, that's why I don't keep those things, because they freak me out. (laughs) They're awesome, Uh, and they bite hard. Yeah, I can't imagine. Oof. Um, Justin, do you have the, uh, for lack of a better word, analytics stuff that you could touch on while I try and get these videos to go? Certainly. Um, So our top five episodes are... Episode 87 is number one, and I'll, I'll go back, we'll circle back to that in a second. 87 is number one, 96 was number two, 88 was number three, 89 with Rob Christian was number four, and then our episode with Gendra and Derek was number five. 87 is the one we did after we came back from Daytona, and for whatever reason, let's see. Uh, I wish I knew what I was doing. Oh, damn it. For whatever reason, episode 87 is, like, of all the episodes, period, not even just Snakes and Stogies, that one has dwarfed every other episode 
between THP, you know, Corn Stars, Condorcast, all that stuff. It was eighty seven, you said. Yeah, and that's that's the one that was right after Daytona. And this past twenty twenty one Daytona. Yes. That episode right. is at 2,358 plays so far. And then the next closest one is that Europlatus episode we did like two years ago. And that's been at number one for a long time. And that's at 1655. So, wow. For that's whatever the reason, episode, 87 uh, was. Yeah, with Cat Saldana. Yeah. Yeah, but Daytona is where you Southeast guys can get your feathers yeah. out. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. And then that, that's your, the third that's most your popular episode of all time is uh, is episode 96, which is a recent one for whatever reason. That one's at 1600. So. Awesome. I don't know. Nice. Well, thank you to everyone for partaking and listening. We, we love you all. Sincerely. The um, All right. So I've got a handful. I of haven't. Clips. I didn't get the numbers together as far as. The numbers of like listens and snakes and stogies episodes into the like compared to out of the 200 and some odd thousand plays on SoundCloud. Okay, I don't know how many of that is snakes and stogies. I did not pull well, that number, but still, that that's still monumental, regardless. Well, so. I, I would ask so, do you know your um nationality breakdown? Like, do you maybe yeah. is it something where you know, like Scott and Ty were hanging out and you had more Australian folks, or did you see any kind of boost off of that kind of thing? Uh, so, Australia is number three. So it goes US, Canada, Australia, UK, Denmark, Belgium, Sweden, Puerto Rico, Germany, Republic of Korea, Ireland, and then it keeps going. Canada before Australia? The weirdest, most random country of... Yeah. Wow. The most odd, like, random country on the list, though, as far as, like, top 50, I think, is Algeria. Wow. All right. How is that weird? Your co-host talks about African stuff all the time. I don't know. It's (laughs) it's, true. It's just just random, because that's, like... There's one guy in Algeria that every time he talks is like, I have one of those. Hundred <laughs> percent. Lithuania. Yeah. Hey, shout out to my Lithuanian homies. Hit me up, Badlands or Pediculture <laughs> on Instagram. Yo. Gecko Master six nine six nine. Yo. Nah, we ain't giving out the personally. You know, y'all y'all got some <laughs> Rakadactylus, Terakirinkus, hit me up. You know, so Whoever that one person is in Algeria, when I do make right. it there, I expect to have coffee outside of a cafe with accordion music playing and the scent of spices and sand in the air. Shout Phil, out to can I go Ukraine to and Vietnam you? as well? Who are, nice. Who are right uh, 100%, Chris. Yeah, I'd like to do that. See, man, you say stuff like that, but just speaking from personal experience, when you go to places like that, uh, folks that look like me and you stick out a little bit. So uh, walking through a bazaar, some guy walked up and was like, oh, you're Phil. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd be pretty easy to spot, you know. You yeah. just hear, you hear somebody yell from across the bazaar. It's Alabaster Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's so cool. Well, I actually, I have a, a, a local I would recognize becomes... that whiteness from only one place. <laughs> I have a, a local guy that comes by Underground a lot. and he, he wants to get into Venomous and... Uh, 
he recently went to Morocco. I think it was actually like right after, like right at the beginning of 2021, he went to Morocco for business and he brought his mom with him. Like, you know, hey, like, let's go to Morocco, a little family thing. And uh, they had the, the, the guys with the cobras and the baskets and the flute and all that tourist crap. And he was trying to get the guy like, hey, can I can I work with your cobra? And the guy was like, no, 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 you, you cannot do this. You cannot do this. And basically, he the guy didn't want my friend making him look bad because my friend obviously is trained to work with venomous reptiles and this guy's a sideshow guy. You know what I mean? And I always, I never thought of that. Like, man, if I ever did go to like the Casbah, like, and there was snake charmers, like, I would love to show them up. <laughs> Does that make sense? Say, sure, go ahead. It's it's missing all its teeth anyways. Yeah, it's mouth sewn shut anyway. Go for it. Yeah. Why are Sad. you on a wanted poster in Morocco? What happened? <laughs> I fucking well, booped at Snoop. That's what I did. <laughs> well, what's funny is, uh, speaking of wanted posters in Morocco, uh, my dad, before I was born, so my dad looks just like me, but glasses and no beard. and uh, But same nose, same eyes, same colored hair, same body structure. And before I was born, him and my mom, they toured Europe a lot and a lot of the Mediterranean countries. And they went from Spain to Morocco. And then when they were trying to get back on like the ferry to go back to Spain, he got stopped in Morocco by like their customs or their border people. And they were like, you must come with us. And like left my mom with the suitcases and they took him to this little room. And my dad was like, here we go. I'm, I'm screwed. And, uh, they thought he was a terrorist because he had the <laughs> same name as a known German terrorist who was a, a bombing guy. Holy shit. And, and they're like, you are Mr. Wolf. You are, you are the terrorist from Germany. He's like, no, I'm a farmer from America. Like, here's my American passport. I don't speak German. And they're like, you're a liar. And then I guess they had like a teletype fax photograph. And my dad, like, he's probably five, six, five, seven. This guy was, you know, 6'4", 220 pounds, blonde hair, blue eyes, Aryan-looking guy. Clearly not my dad. And they let him go. But, like, that's the running joke in the family. It's like, if you have the last name of Wolf, don't go to Morocco. Say thanks for profiling. Yeah, right? Exactly. They'll take kindly to that. Yeah. I still want to go. I need to see the Atlas Mountains. I need to catch Legion's Cobras in the wild. I need to find, you know, the Boya Mauritanica in the wild, like, Morocco's Let's go. on the list. Let's, Let's make go. it happen. Let's go. Sounds like you and Nipper need to get together. Uh, well, <laughs> we Nipper and I have multiple excursions already mapped out in our minds. The first on the list is Israel. So uh, as soon as he's allowed to leave his country and I renew my passport, it's happening. So, yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, everybody talks about Herp in in, in Australia. Like that's the goal. That's where I want to go. Yeah, and, it did. And, and I think I'd love to go there, but I think I'd rather go to just Africa. Africa is kind of like one of my grail spots. Africa and Japan. Japan, not for uh, yeah, uh, which call it not for animals. For for me, Japan is going to be racing, and I want to go do the Ebisubo uh, anime. No, 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 no. The uh, the missile cars at Ebisubo oh, and yeah. Sukuba. I just spending you know fourteen years of my life drifting. That just seeing it, even if I can't even drive, just to be able to see that is 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 a dream. But yeah, oh yeah, it's like watching Herpers Herp in their native area you know like just watching the watching the local talent yeah dude i i, I met terry hearing uh the guy who produced the first albino tricolor snake ever uh the first albino tricolor snake was a ruth venai 
he produced it, I believe, in the late 80s. And I met Terry Hearing on Black Gap. And he got out of the car and said hi to John. And I, I introduced myself. And I was like, holy shit, you're, you're that guy. And he was just the nicest dude ever. And it's like seeing him cruising the same road that we're on. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, I have uh, this first clip is from the very first episode of snakes and stogies so what i did was is i I went through i found a couple of our favorite episodes and i took a couple snippets from each episode because let's face it we'd be here all night if we were doing it for real um so they're usually about they're all about a minute long um and they're kind of cut together so very rudimentary um but i'm gonna try and put it up now i don't know how the audio is gonna go so if you guys can't hear it I'll unplug my headset so it just plays through the speakers and we'll kind of let you know. Yeah. All right. So let's do this. Let's go share screen. All right. Yeah, I'm with Henry. India, China, Mexico. So here's a clip from from episode one. Snakes and Stogies. I don't hear anything. Can you hear it or no? No. No, no nothing? All right. Let me. You could, I'll say you could upload them in the brand tab as a video and play them, probably. But that might take a few minutes. I don't know how many you have, but. I didn't hear anything you just said. Say that one more time. I said you can upload them into the video section on the brand tab. But I don't know how many you have. That might take a. Yeah, let me. I'm just gonna. Un, I'm just gonna unplug my headset and put the microphone next to it. I think that might work. There might be feedback. Brace your think? ears. Maybe try it out. All right, let's try it. Turn off Eminem. I might be able to hear it better. So we're back. How was the weekend? Uh, the weekend was well. It was a. How's that sound? Yep. Sounds good. Post Christmas weekend. Um, my brother came down. He lives about an hour, about two hours north of me, so he came down. That was nice. My aunt flew in from Philly, which is pretty good. She gives me crazy looks because I said I got to drive to Miami and pick up a couple rattlesnakes, and she thinks I'm out of my mind. But most yeah. I never read the book, but I thought the DiCaprio movie was pretty good. The movie was good. Oh, we can drink champagne out of, like, a little, little wide, like, mini margarita glasses. Look at how young and youthful I was. <laughs> Got it, fat. As long as I don't get shot. It was Hey Arnold, right? I don't know. Is I don't it know Arnold or Hey Arthur? No, it's Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold, and it's just Arthur. Arthur was its own thing. Yeah. A little bear mouth. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That- <laughs> Which one has hay in front of it? 
What are you smoking? That rock. Yeah. You really put I some work into these for Because I had a cigarette and it decided to stop. So I used to, when I had those Easterns, I used to put my dryer on because the laundry room is next to the snake room. I used to put my dryer on and just like run the dryer. And that way when the neighbor was like, hey, um, you guys like doing laundry late at night? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Like, oh, well, can you not do it after like midnight? I'm, of course, I'm sorry. I mean, be disrespectful, you know, happy neighbors. Oh, no, it's no problem. Just forgot to talk to you. Meanwhile, what they don't know is that it's covering up this. Yeah, do you think they could hear that through the walls, though? Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's really loud. You should pretend that you're borrowing a cup of sugar, rile them up, and then go next door and see if you can hear them as well. Ask if you can borrow something or like check just like see like find some in into their into their apartment and I just need nineteen forties intel gathering, uh, borrow sugar. Can I look at the inside of your window treatments from your bedroom. <laughs> So that was from Man, the very first those episode. Were, that was exciting. I'm sorry. Your sarcasm is overwhelming. <laughs> oh, come a long way. That was a doozy. Woo. Dude, I'm just trying to show how we have come a long way because that was painful. Oh, that was a good job. <laughs> yeah, there's a flag and a lounge and then some guy on his porch still. <laughs> And it looks the exact same, Phil. <laughs> Look at it's right. missing a foot, though. It's definitely missing value, a foot okay? in your face. All right. You so guys this don't see nice the, the astroturf that I have on the floor here, too. Popped on my second stick. I got a, a Don Pepin Garcia original blue. Oof, these are good. Ooh. This is, I think, you really swinging for the fences on that one. Boy. My last one or my second to last one out of the box I bought about a year and a half ago. So this next clip. It's got Don um, Pepin on the label. It's going to be potent. It's tasty. <clears throat> nice. This next clip is not pointless. This next clip is sentimental because this is the first time that Justin Smith references Bears Rat Snakes <laughs> on the show. Whoa. I felt compelled. Uh oh. So, historical Sorry, records. Man. This is the first of 1,000 times. Yeah, what have you heard about incubating those eggs? Is there anything special to, to bear's eggs? No, uh, some of the stuff I read online, Failing. People, like, you know, cook them at 81 degrees and they hatch 60 to 75 days. I've asked some other, I'd asked Phil at Cream City Serpents about his. He, had, he put his in at 84. So. I mean, they're they're not a hard species to breed at all. They're not a hard species to hatch. There's, a lot of stuff you'll read will actually say they're probably a really good beginner species to breed if you want something that's not going to cause you a lot of trouble. So. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to getting the stimmies going. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> For Again. Colgan had, like, the worst <laughs> time of all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I thought that was good because... Yeah. like, those... Dan and those baby Anteresia made Colgan give up on Anteresia. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> Legit. 
<laughs> Dan's fucking awesome. Got out of him. He's like, fuck these things. <laughs> I've never, I've never talked to Dan before, but he seems great. Yeah, Dan, Dan's a good guy, and I like that one too because Noah was on there too, and I was like, man, Phelan and Noah and Dan, like we don't have them on nearly enough. We got to get them back in the swing of things. So, Dan's got some uh, gophers for me this so year. Crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, that that you got them hooked on those, man. Mm-hmm. You did. Got to join that pitchy office gang. I mean, either you're in or you're out. Just a little heads up. So this next episode is what's that? The pit party. Oh, the pit party. Nice. The party pit. So this next one is uh, a few snippets from our first time having Jake Hansen on. And uh, which is crazy because like he's such an integral part of our little group, you know, and uh, I just thought I thought this was good. So here's another uh, another snippet from with Jake Hansen. And I know it's like, I reckon the Australian accent is slowly changing. Like, I reckon Aussie kids are almost developing like this sort of like pseudo American sounding accent. It's not, it's, it's really, yeah. I reckon, yeah. Well, it's kind of something I've noticed. You guys produce a lot of like, I want to say pop, what's like a lot of country? Like, we get a lot of Australians that sing country in our mainstream. Yeah, and like you can't tell they're Aussie at all until they are not singing. And then, like for example, I love the Bushwhackers band. I absolutely love it. I listen to one of the albums at least once a week. And when you hear them sing, you can tell all those boys. Those are those are Lackland voices, bro. Those are those, all those boys are from either Queensland or New South Wales. And then you listen to what's his name, Keith Urban, right? The Bushwhackers band. Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, remember, remember the Bushwhackers? The, remember the Bushwhackers? The WWF. <laughs> no, man, the Bushwhackers band. It's uh, like 1977. I'm not familiar 1974. with you. That's probably why. It's classic rock, man. You're old. So, Jake, do you use a Billy to make your black coffee? A Billy? No, Billy. Really? <laughs> no. No, no. I just use a coffee plunger. No, Billy. I, I, I must be a, a sorry excuse for an Australian. I don't think I've ever, ever uh, used a Billy. Have you got Have you got O'Shea's Snakes of the World book? Yes. Yeah. So if you if you go to the page that has the tiger snake on it, so my claim to fame is I caught that snake for him and gave it to him to photograph. <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah, I, I went herp. Got to go herping with him. Wow. That's awesome. Speaking uh, of him, he was on uh, the Word on the Snake Vine podcast that got released today. And I listened to that this morning, and it was very good. Awesome. He, awesome. We went we went herping. He didn't touch a snake the whole day. He just stood back and just walked around. And He's been he, doing it so long, he's probably like, sure. Yeah, that's right. He's like, I don't need to do anything. Cool. But, but yeah, cool. that, that, uh, so, so some guys from Sydney brought him out here, and they gave me a ring and said, coming out here, we're looking for snakes with us and um and we went and we wanted to find a tiger snake and um yeah i caught that one that's that's in the book awesome congrats i just love looking at that clip because you can see the little logo in the corner and it's like look how far we've come <laughs> we lost billy we lost billy just so Everyone knows. Oh, did he? Did he have to go, or or he, we lost him? Lost he him. He probably sent a message. 
Probably, I think so. I don't know. I think he just, I think he left on his own accord. Oh, no, his phone died. He's out. It has come a long way, though, man. It has. So, I've got... This one's my personal favorite. Um, and uh, this is from the wedding episode. It's like a special special place in my heart. Oh, yeah. In the show's heart. So, without further ado, here's some clips from the wedding episode, which I think are probably... Just as obscure as the other ones. <laughs> that ring neck snake now has a has a more, uh, fifty-seven seconds sentimental value. Episode forty-eight. Episode forty-eight. Forty-eight. This is a little different. We're actually in the same place. Crazy, right? Is Brandon Wheeler the only one watching this? What's up, Brandon? Oh, nice. Shit, he shared it in the carpet group. Oh, look, so. this is this. See, this is my first Chris. time seeing the back end of it. Seeing the back end of it. Yeah. Very cool. You like that picture on Instagram of that super dark. Wu Tang for children. I saw that earlier. I was going to show you. I saw you. Yeah, that's awesome. Crazy. Yeah. Very cool. Almost Nick Recep's cool. It's like those, uh, those melanistic, uh, cyanidon. I don't know if you've seen that. Those things are bad. What's it look like? Like a really, really dark size. Does it still have pattern on A little bit. Not a whole, not a ton. Yeah. Like almost like it, like got burnt. Interesting. They look really good. That's where they get those fake squash prints, he said. Yep. Legit. <laughs> There's a smith in these I words. sell castings of my feet for people to put in the woods. Actually, plucks up hairs. They ain't hairs from my feet. Still available for anybody that wants them? Damn, this one's extra long and curly. Oh, God. It's a big foot. The carpet matches the drapes. I don't know why I felt compelled to put that on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man these highlight reels are just horrible <laughs> oh you, you know it, it's funny our lives are full of highlight reels that if you're an outsider looking in you, you just don't understand the feeling in that moment or maybe yeah. maybe the day that it was and and, and, it, and, it, and it's it, it's good i like it i remember that episode i remember i i, I joined live i, I remember watching Watching you guys and chatting a little bit with y'all—that's good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Man, look, looking, looking at Justin, thinking about. Remember hearing him talk about his first clutch of chondros and first clutch of bairds, and watching him get ready for the wedding, and talk about being a little nervous about some of the stuff he had to do, or making sure he was getting everything ready, and the, the trepidations involved. Uh, getting to be able to share some cigars, uh, smoking at the same time as you guys. It's been a beautiful journey. It's something special that we all get to share. Ian, uh, I, you know, I'm not a geologist, but I've got to assume hundreds of thousands of miles away from each other. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. It's it's absolutely awesome. I love every minute of it. I wouldn't have it any other way. My parents ask about Phil all the time. They then my parents miss Phil probably more than I miss Phil. Aww. <laughs> 
I'm gonna I'm gonna meet you guys for real. My uh, mom the other night. She's like, "How's Phil?" It's already set. How's Phil doing? <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. There's actually a there's a, another highlight reel that was just us bullshitting on the uh, the collaboration ep- uh, episode with NPR after West Texas, um, and uh, <laughs> it's it's long, so I won't I won't make everyone listen to it. But I had to save the beginning of it on Thank principle because it's so great. Um, so here's the beginning of it. Was it about my bear attack? Beat the fuck out of that bear. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, the bear wasn't Hello. attacking me. I was attacking Doctor. <laughs> Doctor. 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 <laughs> The only guy with actual the doctor isn't here. <laughs> like it's <laughs> so yeah, that ha- that had to be done. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that was an awesome episode too. I remember watching it on that one. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna be much more prepared for that trip next time it happens. Yeah, well, I mean, so you're I gonna be staying at my house. Wildly, so. wildly unprepared. It's a. Uh, I should have known as soon as everyone had a gallon of water and I didn't. Yeah. Man, yeah. you know, I don't know. I guess my 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 West like, Texas, Texas experiences are a little bit more, a little different, uh, a little bit more guided by by a different group, I guess. Uh, you know, Rob, Rob, and, and Julander yeah, looks like they put together have like Rob some amazing. Behind you with a cane stick, beating you with it. <laughs> we do. We 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 went out when the sun went down. Uh, we we went to sleep about four o'clock. Uh, I got up about twelve and did my sightseeing, and you know, went and ate all the awesome food, and went back, took a nap, and we we just didn't get back up until it was was about nighttime. Yeah, the uh, as much as we joke about, you know. Rob Stone cracking the whip. It was, it was extra awesome because he was cracking the whip. Does that make sense? Yeah, he, he's he's one of the people that's definitely on my list that I can't wait to meet. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to send him an alterna. The only alterna I have that's left that's not eating well uh, is the one I'm sending him. Uh, and, and, and man, he, he's one of those guys. You know, I can I can make a list of ten real fast, but he's one of those guys on that list who's just fucking amazing, huge. Yeah huge positive vibes out of him in this hobby love it yeah but that uh that collaboration episode was hands down one of my favorites because it really like it brought it it just brought all the podcasters together and and the different everyone keeps Mm -hmm. different stuff but we all keep the same stuff and it was just great minds huddled together for (laughs) debaucherous nonsense (laughs) It's the Venn triagram. The Venn triagram. I love it. I just love that reptile people are the kind of people who get animals and they're like, hey, this doesn't work. You should have it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so bad about that. Except that, but we know that you send it to them and they're like, nah, man, it's not broke. It was you. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, (laughs) this is your fault and here's why. Yeah. And. What a what a thing, dude! This is this has been a, yeah, was, a fun uh, show to watch grow. Hell yeah, brother! Uh, 
Oh hell yeah! Uh, Daffy's Roundtable, who we I we had on the show Thursday for THP, and that was one of the things we had talked about was like how the snakes and stogies thing came about, and I was like, well, we had a bunch of guys that like snakes, and then we had a bunch of guys that also like cigars, and so it's like those are two kind of super niche things, and so, so like there was really only a handful of us that were that were seriously involved in in both at least to some degree and so i was like we just decided to make a group and then i told him how it morphed from live streams on instagram into you know more and more and more and it was originally supposed to just be very simple very laid back very stress-free which it is very stress-free but much less involved show than than thp and you know, it's uh it's obviously wildly evolved from that but it's been kind of cool because we it was never I don't think any of it was ever done really on purpose. It just uh you know, it just it happened the way it happened and that's kind of the way we've always done it with THP and stuff is like just kind of let it let it go and see where it takes you. Yeah. It's a Bob Ross run of happy accidents. 100%. 100%. There you go. I fucking love it, man. See man, but I I have said this about the the people that I have ended up interviewing in that they're all cool people. Like the the first handful that I that I found were people that I knew or that I had been referred to or whatever. But then like my circle's fairly small. And so if you get referred to my circle, you're probably cool because my circle is cool. And this mm-hmm. sort of evolved the same way where you, you had a handful like, oh, we, we always talk to Brent because you guys are really into Venomous and he's very into Venomous. And that's not a huge community in the first place. And then you guys are really serious about right. how you keep Venomous. So that eliminates a lot of the idiots pretty quickly. And so your group of people you'd be talking to in general is already small. And then if you're always, oh, you should you should talk to my buddy. Like, well, we're buddies. So if he's your buddy, then... Yeah, it's probably our brand of nerd, you know. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. It, it, it's so funny. The ever expanding web. Come, coming from, I've always been a very hobby centric person, and I've had a lot of different passions throughout my life. And reptiles has been kind of one of the main ones. But the best thing about this hobby and the people that we've met is that it's an open door. anybody Anybody can be in on this. Yeah. We we, we have these group chats and these video talks and these podcasts. With such a gamut of keepers, I mean, even us four keep such a, a wide variety of animals. Yeah, right? and yet we can sit here and talk passionately about every single one of them, and we're so yep. excited for each other. Yeah, it's, that's that's it's, amazing. It's so special. It's so it special. Really is. That's the perfect word for it, man. Is special. Like. There's so many times we use words so frequently that it almost loses its it loses its power. Like the word awesome. Like I write awesome in text messages all the time. And then I think about it, I was like, was that really it's not awesome? awesome. Like, was it really (laughs) awe inspiring that it was quote unquote awesome? And I'm like, you know what? Special, that's the perfect word, man. It really is. Yeah, and it's it's just funny how it's all I mean, like me and Jacob said on on the previous like anniversary shows of THB is like we we had no idea that it would be where it is and that we'd meet the people we meet and have friends that we can now yeah. call friends and 
it's just one of those things where I think if you just you, you go into it with no preconceived notions or or real plans and just kind of let it happen and ride yeah. the wave and you know do, do you it, think it, one it of the sticks, one, sticks. do you think one of the reasons this hobby continues that mentality continues that like vibe is maybe because it's not a very competitive thing yeah uh, I, I'm, I'm like I think it depends on your segment. Yeah. Ah, that's true. But isn't it funny that the people in that segment are not part of the <laughs> right? Yes. I, I hate to say yeah. that. But exactly. there, yes. there is there is definitely a segment of competitive people and we're not gonna like specify them or specify their niche. But it's so funny that that segment is runs those competitions and runs those smear campaigns on Instagram and, and does all that shit. And and we're we're like it's so funny that like you you don't have to be a part of it, right? Like we know people that keep like a couple animals and never even have the thought of breeding, right? Like these people that are maybe even longtime keepers or short time keepers, couple years into it, mm-hmm. and and they're just they're immediately into the circle because they're passionate, uh, abstract in the way they think, and the fact that they're accepting to a lot of things, and, and then and then boom, you're you're in, and then you're all all of a sudden part of this huge family, this massive just family. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's, man, special. It's just special. <laughs> it's special. It really so that, also, it makes me giggle, too, because you think about it not that long ago, like having friends on the Internet, it was like, OK, it's probably a bunch of weirdos, probably some creepy dude in his basement. And you'll never know. Yeah. And now it's like completely flipped where it's like I, I have more of a relationship with with people that I have not met in person than I do. Yeah. Like people that I knew for years in high school or whatever here, you know? Yeah. It's, just, it's strange. Yeah. Well, so when you talk about the competitive and not, or or how however you would classify that, like, so that to me was exemplified when I first met Billy and Casey. So it was at NARBC, monster, national, international show, humongous, Tinley Park. It's, it's always a big deal, right? So you go to the auction there on Saturday night for NARBC Tinley Park. It always raises crazy money for us arc it's a big mm-hmm. deal like all of the famous quote-unquote people are there and right. whatever um and you can see that right like people buy tables and are like you know whatever and that's kind of that section of pediculture, yeah. i guess sure and then like me and a bunch of other nerds are walking around looking at silent auction stuff or whatever and then like I see Billy and Casey just kind of standing together watching the auction. Yeah. Cause they're not Midwest guys. And so it was one of those things where it's like, nah, man, just get in the van. We're going to get chicken wings. And then <laughs> I, I, I literally just put them in my van with a bunch of people for the Madison Herp society, several of which who had been enjoying adult beverages for the evening, uh, who had no idea who they were. And yeah. they didn't know who any of those people were. I had literally just met those two guys in real life that day when I yelled at Casey down a stairwell in a hotel. <laughs> One and, of the best stories ever. Right. And I drive a giant creeper van. So just like the internet person, <laughs> your mom said not to talk to. Plus, I look like this and was like, no, it's cool. You should totally get in the van. Dude, we're getting uh, chicken wings. Come on. Yeah. And these people are intoxicated. It's all the unsafe things your mom said not to do, but I swear to God, there's ranch dressing here. You should and I come got with puppies us. in the back. <laughs> yeah. And and we did, man. We rolled out 
invaded this restaurant with a bunch of nerds, hung out, talked snakes. And even at that restaurant, one of the people in that Wisconsin group, um, I, I hadn't met a few of them. I was friends with several of them. And he, he walked up to me when I was sitting talking to uh, Billy and Casey. And he was like, oh, hey, uh, we messaged on Facebook about some snakes. I'm I'm that guy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. We got uh, wings, and I think they have uh, fried pickles. And, like, that dude just showed up. And yeah. I had also never met him. And not, and they these two definitely hadn't, because he's some guy from Wisconsin. And we just rolled like that, you know? And it, I guarantee that the those other groupings that you would have seen in that major reptile event, they didn't do that. Yeah. They they went back to their hotel room and and just racked out or what whatever it is that they do, but it wasn't that I promise you. Yeah, they went and got sushi and started editing their YouTube videos so that they could fucking get four views. That's what I uh, I, I kind of <laughs> made that parallel for, with with Fadi the other night too was like cigar shops. You know, I see people all the time, people like out of towners that I've never met before in my life. I'll probably never see again, but it's like they come in and you just. So there's like this instant sort of camaraderie in a sense where you, you know, I talk to them like they're people that I see on a weekly basis. Yeah. You know, I'll never even get their name, but we'll talk about politics or whatever, you know, and it's like because they're there for like everyone's there for the same reason kind of thing. There's sort of this common denominator that everyone's like everyone gets it. And I feel yeah. like it's the same with with reptiles. And so that's why, I, you know, I thought it was kind of funny with the snakes and stogies thing. You know, it's like, yeah, they're two niche things. But the people that are in those niches. Is it niches or is, would it be is niche still plural? Doesn't matter. I don't know. I'll uh, say niches. I think you should I mean, steal yeah. Justin and Chuck's thing and call them all nippers. Nippers. Yep. <laughs> nippers. Yep. Yep. Is it not niche? It is to us, but I guess it's, it's niche in Europe. It's niche. niche. <laughs> there's a, there's I'm a, there's... sorry, but I think something in 1776 was signed that said, I don't give a fuck about Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there, there's, a, there's an apostrophe in there somewhere. Fuck it. Niche. <laughs> so when, Nip, when Nipper does come and wants to herp in Texas, they he definitely needs to meet Chris. Apparently, yeah, 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 fantastic. Yeah, no. And read the him. Constitution. <laughs> I will have a signed copy that is, uh, uh, you know, highlighted just to let him know. Welcome I'm, to the U.S. You get a Bud Light and a gun and a cowboy sir, hat upon welcome, arrival. Welcome to Texas. You get a uh, come and take it flag. Pick, you get a pickle beer and a uh, and a gun <laughs> and an well, armadillo skin. Fucking dude, there's so many goddamn stuffed armadillos in this state. Armadillo you helmet. We're so scared. It's so funny. Hunters, and I'm sorry to, to kind of derail on this. Hunters are terrified of fucking armadillos uh, because they carry uh, leprosy. Leprosy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so people like don't fuck with armadillos. Yeah. Like, dude, whenever you see we see armadillos all the time, it's like don't fuck with armadillos. Me don't and Julander chased one around for like ten minutes when we were at our first stop in Texas. We came up on a group of them, and they didn't care that we were even there. Yeah. And then once you got within a like four feet of them, then they were like, okay, yeah, no. And we chased this one around this little like water outbuilding shed thing for like ten minutes. <laughs> They're just little fucking armored possums right like the ones yeah. like watch it 
I was like, Doc, what are we going to do when we catch one of these things? He's like, oh, I don't know. Dude, they're fucking nasty. <laughs> they're nasty. I'm dude. not don't, touching don't, the damn thing. You don't touch it. Don't. Don't. Leprosy. Don't touch it. That's only like 40% of the time. I feel like Nipper, when he goes herping here, needs to find himself a jackalope. 100%. Yo, how great would it be if, I mean, we're ruining it because you know Nipper's going to listen to this tomorrow. Make him find um, a raccoon. How great would it be if, like, you had someone put a jackalope in their backpack and then, like, go ahead of everyone on the trail and, like, stick it up in, like, a little rocky alcove? Yeah, and then that's the minute, what I'm going to do. And then you bring up the binoculars. <laughs> you're like, what the hell is that? And, like, hand him the hand him the binos and he'll be looking and he'll he'll do one of these, like, do what my fuck's a jackalope? Do my eyes deceive? What did you just say? So, also, are you not American? Just, ju- Justin Apparently can help not. Nipper in his quest. Yes, yes, we'll it'll it. work out because you can get high and low. It'll yeah, be hundred percent, hundred percent. Jackalope for, for is a range. legit American treasure. That's yeah, right. yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I I, I honestly, thought that was Mariah Carey and Chupacabras. If, if I take somebody to West Texas and put them on a snake that I think was going to impress them, I said West Texas, but I mean just most of yeah, but West Texas, you know, obviously an alternative. Never, ever, ever, ever go to West Texas thinking you're going to see an alternative. You're not going to see one, right? Like they don't exist. Yeah. There, there are actually none there. Uh, I didn't even know those those Javier things existed until we went there. Javelina. Yeah, it's a one. javelina. That is a collared peccary, sir. Yeah, and if you ever talk about my javelinas like that again, I will drive to South Carolina. <laughs> you mean wild bacon? <laughs> yeah, they, we get them in our, our neighborhood. We get uh, javelinas and coyotes in our neighborhood all the time. Do they? Oh, have I ever talked about my jaguar undeciding? No, uh, but so you need to. I had the first recorded uh, j- live jaguar undings jaguar undeciding. Is that a fucking in... anteater? No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's a, a cat, a, a predatory what? cat. And, oh uh, yeah, those things. Most did, of them have moved. Did you uh, go south. from Tamandua to Jaguarundi? I don't know, dude. <laughs> that was the West, he's, look, he's Texas launched is another planet. Jaguarundi, and you yeah. immediately went Tamandua. That's what he meant to say. <laughs> That's what Jaguars I don't That's wear these. Uh, so when when they were building the neighborhood and they were building the park, obviously they had to put a road in, and so this was going to be in uh, 2010. Uh, a a cat was killed. And they thought it was a bobcat. Well, we don't have bobcats here. And uh, it turned out the nature center here uh, identified it as a jaguar undie. Now, jaguar undies had never been seen wow. live here until like 1987, uh, 1990, around that time. And so it's just what Big Pharma wants you to think. Yeah. And so uh, government conspiracy, they were like, we've never seen one of these rare uh, cats of prey here. Is it cat of prey? We're going to use that. We're going to go with cat of prey. They also say uh, Tupac is dead and they're, they're wrong. There oh, too. no, he's not dead. Uh, he actually uh, he lives with me. Um, and so I was jogging. So it was the year we got married was 2011. It would have been the winter of 2011. I'm jogging down the trails. They had just started putting in the concrete and stuff. And well, it was dried, obviously I'm not trying to I mean, come on. I'm not a savage. And, uh, I see a fucking, a, a, a big curly tail and like little kittens around it. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And so I didn't know what it was. And, and, and straight up personally, we had thought that there were bobcats here. So I called the nature center, which they had built. Uh, they found milk snakes here. They found indigos here in my neighborhood. And I called him and I was like, hey, I, I saw a bobcat. 
and they were like, we don't have bobcats here in Nueces County. And I was like, no, I, I saw a bobcat. I mean, it had a big old bushy tail. And I don't know what, I don't I know what these, the fuck I a bobcat these looks like. and I saw a bobcat. Yeah, bobcats yeah. are an- anti-long tail. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah. They, uh, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a bobbed cat. Tur- turns out, <laughs> I'm not, I am not a, a cat of prey person. And so the lady was like, so yeah, it had a big tail. And she's like, well, obviously it's not a bobcat. And I was like, fuck. All right. So what was it? It was, it was a feral cat, I guess. And she was like, how big was it? And I was like, dude, it was like 30 pounds, right? Like I can, I, I know what a 30 pound dog looks like. It looks sure. like about 25, 30 pound animal. And she was like, that's Jaguarundi. We've been seeing tracks of them all over the place. So the first line, now there's been a few more found there. There's been pictures taken of them now. Uh, but I said, I have, I've never seen that animal here. I've been a Boy Scout since I was in, in Weebelows. I made it all the way to Eagle Scout. I've never seen this animal. And, and, wow. And, and she, no, it's not a nerd. I loved it. It was like the best time of my life. <laughs> and, 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 and she was like, that's a Jaguar undie. And so like I went into the nature center. They asked if I had pictures. And I was like, bro, I got a, a fucking Motorola Razor. What am I going to take a picture of? <laughs> and, 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 you know, back then. See iPhones. that brown pixel? That's it right there. Yeah, iPhones didn't exist. And she was like, oh, you weren't carrying a camera? I was like, no, bitch, I was running. Like, come on. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, my, I went documented for Fish and Wildlife as the first live sight, live sighting of a Jaguarundi uh, because they, that one, that bobcat they had found that was dead was actually a Jaguarundi. Uh, wow. Nice. So we have a community of Jaguarundis like in my fucking backyard, I guess. That's so, awesome. Anyways. We, we have a – people have – said that there's jaguarundis in florida that were basically people's pets that they released and there's supposed to be them some in the everglades there's supposed to be some outside of tampa and like there's supposed to be some on disney's property like any places where people couldn't actually go they're like oh there's yeah. jaguarundi there. it come to find out that you know with facebook they have all these id groups they're they're not jaguarundis they're fucking fox squirrels <laughs> and these Fuck these yeah. yeah these people they're so urbanized that they see this long you know dachshund monkey looking thing tree monster yeah right and they see this long you know arboreal dachshund and they're like that's the that's the jaguarundi from fish and wildlife's website it's like (laughs) no that's a fox squirrel it's a panther yeah so another fun noasis county animal fact because we're not talking about reptiles we have skinwalkers Uh, we, we have sandhill cranes here, like all over the place. And mm. I don't know if y'all know this, but sandhill cranes are fucking delicious. Ribeye in they're, the sky. They are the ribeye. Mm. Oh, my God. They're, 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 they're chicken brisket. They're delicious. Well, in Nueces County, you can no longer shoot them because everybody was shooting fucking great herons. Oh, <laughs> and and oh so we, we have a huge community of, of great herons every year. So every year we <laughs> get to go out. Uh, so we're <laughs> hey huge shout out to the wildlife preservation i built my house by that's where uh jake jacob Rotz, if you're listening right now the atrox still say hi it makes that's his where, hand hurt when you talk about it that, that's where he oh, got bit by the fucking rattlesnake oh uh, that's harsh yeah the, the, but we get great herons here and so it's like amazing like every year we have like little great heron season and we can see them but yeah so Hunters, as smart as I was talking about them being, when they were used to shooting sandhill cranes, would fucking smoke great herons here and uh, eat them. Conservation. That's, that's a dream hunt for me, by the way, is to go hit the playas out in Lubbock and just, I want to do, the, I want to get the, the fake, the, the, I mean, I call it like a white t shirt on the stick, you yeah. know, and they, they lace the playas with all the, the fake 
you know, cranes. Yeah. And dude, that's a hell of a hunt. I really want to do that. The um, we have wow. sandhills down by me, but the ones in Florida, they don't migrate. They're here yeah. all year round. Our, why, ours why? are here year round. Yeah. Yeah, and that so because of that, they're they're state protected. Tastes horrible. And uh, a couple of buddies of mine, they were out hunting during general gun season, and this guy, some short little guy that had no idea what he was doing, walks out of the bushes at the checks at the hunter check station with his shotgun and a sandhill crane by the neck. And Fish and Wild was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "No, no, it's okay. I'm going to eat it." And I was like, "No, you're not." And they, uh, <laughs> he, he went to jail, and they impounded his gun and truck and took it I, for sure. It, yeah. You know, illicitly i have had sandhill crane and, and look I, I, if you're gonna hunt if i'm gonna hunt hunting birds is the best kind of hunting right like it's the most oh, yeah. fun for me uh duck isn't that great dove no kids that at the park great. don't appreciate it when i start taking out pigeons <laughs> uh fe pheasant up north my dad's a big time pheasant hunter he'll go up to minnesota and, and hunt pheasant pheasant's not that great sandhill crane is fucking amazing it's so yeah. good. It's uh, Woo, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I, I think you can hunt them in Jim Wells. Uh, I'll have to look at the laws. And maybe when you come down here, we'll go, we'll go smoke a couple of them. Yeah, I used to have a, a, a an industry coworker. I'll call him, who was stationed in Lubbock, and he had like fifteen or twenty playas on like friends' properties, and they would just do a different flag pond every day for like 10 days straight because i think where he is where he's at i think it, your limit is like two per person per day yeah and uh so like monday they hit one spot then they would leave that one alone and that's that's they shot those birds and that's the only birds that are shot in that flag pond for that or the playa excuse me yeah. for that whole season and they would just go from pond to pond to pond and stock the freezer for the whole year and you know you're set now we're talking about food. You got me sweating. I'm just like, we start talking about redfish. Oh, baby. <laughs> we start talking about flounder. How are we going to do that? We're going to blacken it. We're going to stuff it a little bit with some blue crab. Woo. <laughs> I love it. There was a shoulder uh, shimmy in there. That's amazing. I, like, <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I am affordamentally. It was, it was brought to me by my, my dad from Minnesota, my mom from Pennsylvania. I'm an eater. I like to eat. It's my favorite thing. I like to consume things, flavors, strong flavors. Mm. Wait, Pennsylvania and Minnesota. So you're a Dutch Eskimo in the bottom of Texas? <laughs> no, I. So my my, my grandfather uh, moved to America. So this could be on my dad's side. My grandfather actually left Germany during Germany uh, Nazi oppression, and 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 came over to America and, and fought in World War II. My grandfather on my mom's side was from Pennsylvania as well as her mom, but they moved to Corpus. He was actually on the Lexington, which is so weird. They brought the Lexington here. So the Blue Ghost is stationed here in Corpus or, wow. or, or beach here in Corpus. So my grandfather, you know, bless all their souls. They've all passed at this time, uh, was uh, in the Navy and was on the uh, Lexington and was stationed in Corpus for military reasons. Uh, all the Minnesotians just moved down here because the cold fucking sucks. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, so yeah. wait. So is your is your daughter would would your daughter qualify for Daughters of the Revolution? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, the neat thing that my daughter does qualify for, uh, my wife, who's Hispanic, her grandmother is Choctaw Indian, 
and still receives reprosity from the uh, reservation. She had, I, I don't want to say it wrong, but, but her, she re- receives reprosity from the government and it's a matriarchal uh, Indian tribe. So the Choctaws, wow. every time a woman passes away, that matriarchal uh, reprosity follows down. So my daughter will actually at some point uh, down in the future uh, receive that. She's actually the only granddaughter out of all the grandkids. Wow. Uh, my, my wife and her sister are the only two girls. And then her mom is the only girl from that generation. Wow. Uh, and that's wow. native Corpus Christi. Uh, her grandmother as a Choctaw, I believe she's actually half Choctaw Indian, but um, is from not from anywhere else. She is only from Corpus Christi. She's never wow. her entire lineage is from these actual lands. It's kind of kind of crazy. amazing, yeah. And yeah. then wow. and then so you know it's 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 kind of interesting. And I say this kind of candidly. Um, her family uh, is it, predominantly Hispanic, but they're all from Corpus Christi, Nueces County. And, and my family, being predominant or one hundred percent Caucasian, uh, is mostly first or second generation imported my grandfather's from another country my grandmother is only one generation derived my grandfather and uh his wife are both from ireland so half irish kind of half german uh so my family's been in this country much less than hers uh so yeah kind of interesting interesting lineage to come from yeah man it's america it's what we do it's a melting melting pot pot. no melting pot man whoo so, uh, do, do y'all have do y'all have a favorite episode? I, I think me and me and Phil kind of chatted about that. Do y'all have like a favorite episode that kind of y'all can bring up and think about? Yeah. Justin, much, do you? Pretty much any of the ones with Brent, man. I feel like every time we have Brent on, just Brent is great. <laughs> Brent is pretty awesome, and I do mean that genuinely awesome. I think you know, if Brent and Chris get too close to each other, they'll shake like magnets. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It never <laughs> shuts off, guys. I, I never sleep. I just don't sleep. It's overrated. Phil, do you have a favorite episode? Um, <clears throat> I do. Uh, I'll be honest. that It's not even a Snakes and Stogies episode, but... That West Texas recap, man, it really just does it for me. I think it, it's kind of a tie between that and the the wedding episode because yeah. that was the first time. Actually, that may be the only time that Justin and I did a show together sitting next to each other. It is. It is. Badass, man. You know, and like the fact that we were on his parents' porch, it was the night before the wedding and like family was there and it was the Found wedding. The Tantilla. The, the, the Tantilla. The Tantilla. Like as stupid of a of a of a herping find as it is it it's like it's so special but like there's yeah, that, there's that I mean, word again now I'll, if i i'll never be able to see a tantilla and not think about that one we found yeah 100% 100% man and like your family was awesome and the wedding and everything like it was just it was a it was a great show it was a great weekend you know that's probably that's probably my favorite yeah Bill, do you do you do you kind of dip back Ooh. into the the quiver and, and remember an episode that stood out to you? So, uh, man, I don't know. I so a bu- a bunch of people in the chat were saying how their most recent episode with Jen was like, oh, the best thing ever. It was awesome. Yeah, and, that's no, in my top five easy. 
hundred percent. I think the reason for that is kind of like what I was saying before. Like, I don't, I don't know if I per se have a favorite episode because I'm like, I'm not a venomous dude. So pretty much every episode, when I hear you guys talk, I have to Google stuff and I learn things. And sure. So like I, all of those episodes are, I, I figured out a new thing or found a snake I didn't know existed or, or whatever. And so, I originally started watching and participating because I, I don't know as much about venomous things. And then the culture and her pediculture network and meeting all the people and all of that stuff is far overtaken the, the venomous side. Now I just nerd about venomous things, but I think the reason that so many people really enjoyed her episode is she is like a distillation of what the personality of a show like this is when, (laughs) when, when this section of people becomes a Grammy, we all think we're going to be Grammy Jen. (laughs) I got you. Uh, Of like a little Southern, a little angry, very highly educated and just over your shit. That describes basically everybody that I meet or talk (laughs) to in this circle. She's just like a little more. And so, like, the whole chat was just going off about the stuff she was saying. And I was like, yeah, that's it's like all the personalities went into one grandma and then she came on the YouTube. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like, don't think we got, like, that, that episode probably got the most feedback, at least that I can think of in recent memory. You know, a lot of people commented on that. And even after, like, after the fact with the live and stuff, people were like, that was, you know, a lot of things that needed to be said and stuff and you know, she was someone had commented that, you know, what she was talking about was refreshing to hear because, you know, a lot of the, the over the top YouTube stuff just doesn't, you know, people don't really call it out, myself included. And, yeah, you know, to have someone come on and basically say, like, this is dumb. Well, yeah. see, but that's the thing is people do and people share those opinions, just not as in as much of a in your not face as sharply. Manner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But and so, like I've I've heard you guys talk in in different ways on on the show about you know how you feel about venomous and how you feel different things and so on and so forth, and then chatting with people, you listen to folks on THP, you you, you know you listen to even the NPR crew as as you guys kind of talk to them more, and I'll, the sentiment is basically the same across the board, and everybody has the same general thoughts and ideas. And then she just showed up and was like, well, we're going to drink whiskey. <laughs> we're all I'm thinking gonna, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I just thought it was it was a happening right before this. Like, I thought that was perfect. Like, that distilled out a lot of yeah. thoughts and trends of yeah. idea, ideas that had come up in these episodes. Mm-hmm. She just said all of them in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and then episode 100. There, yeah. There's such a passion to her dialogue that is only farmed by patience, uh, experience, and love, right? Like, yeah. you, you, I, I, somebody could maybe listen to the few of the things you said, and I'm sure the there is a, a, a group of people that if they listen to this would, would take that negatively uh, and, and good. Uh, it's like a, it's like a, like a, like a, like a, like a good pastor at church. Uh, you may 
maybe don't necessarily always agree with every single thing they say, but with that passion, that, that trueness, that, that it's only found in, in it, like I said, it takes patience. It takes the conviction. Passion. It takes conviction. Exactly. And, and yeah, what a, that was a banger of an episode. <laughs> I'm glad I, yeah. glad, glad I got to listen to it. Uh, and so glad that things like that are recorded because well, goddamn. My that, thing about her too, is when the whole Grammy thing, how she kept saying that, like, if you're mad, she's talking to you. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing she's nothing she said made if me mad. Shoe fits. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. I wasn't upset by any of it. I laughed the whole no. time. It, you know, it's I'm constantly talked about as being a very positive person, and, and I do. I am very positive. If you're around me, I'm going to get you excited. I'm going to make sure you're smiling. Uh, if we're talking online, you're Justin. You're good. I'm going to see a smirk. You know what I mean? It's it's going to happen. I want to see it. Uh, but I only want to say true facts and I only want to talk about true things and, and, and God seeing that out of, out of somebody like her. Uh, great. Fucking great, man. Good, yeah. good people. Yeah. I, I got to say, you know, along those lines, I'll, I'll jump to me and say my favorite, one of my favorite episodes I was actually on and it wasn't a, it wasn't actually anything about me. It was when Scott Iper came on and I remember, mm-hmm. I think he was driving to work. And well, yeah, he's he always driving to work. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there was there was a there was a snap. I, I remember it. We we were talking. It was a little ho hum, you know. Maybe we weren't we weren't really moving too much in, in, in our talk. And he came on, and, and Scott just and I don't say this in a negative way. It was almost like belligerent. He was like, "This yeah. is this, and this is this." And I and oh man, I that's just, just the Australian way. They're like the the, glo- <laughs> the New Yorkers of the globe. <laughs> They are the Texans of the globe. Justin, we're passionate. We're, uh, it, is, it was, you know, and, and I, I do understand that Australia is a little smaller than Texas, and I'm sorry, Australia. I, I forgive you. Uh, but his 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 conviction, like I, like we were using that word, and Phil, what a beautiful word to use to what he was talking about, and and and, and he did a good job of lining out specificities in the hobby that maybe we do need to take yeah. more time uh, yeah. and, and you know we we're, we've all got this like pg rating on us like right we don't we don't want to poo poo on people uh and, and and maybe we need more of that yeah because he would he didn't say a, a damn negative thing about the hobby he only spit positive right. words right and there was a reason for it and, 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 man, I just remember sitting here live and just being like, fuck, this guy is like 30, 40 miles west of me. Right. I don't know where I'll show you. So I don't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy's fucking amazing. Like, what a, what a, what a, what a song to hear. Right. Like, that's sure. that first time you, you hear Eagles of Death Metal and they just start ripping and you're just like, I don't even know what kind of music this is, but I fucking love it. And, yeah. and, and it's just, ah, oh, that, that was, that's got to be my favorite. Because I was there, I was live. I got to, I got to experience it. Yeah. What a beautiful human being, uh, you know. Yeah, him and Ty are awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. what I took out of that is that once this episode is published and Ty hears, she's going to be able to hold to Scott now that well that Chris guy said you sound just like death metal when you talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you have you heard Eagles of Death Metal? I have not. Okay. Have. So so Eagles of Death Metal. Isn't actually a death metal band, which is kind of the most uh, 
greatest thing about them, they're in the same group. Uh, Kaya's Queens of Stone Age. Uh, oh, okay. Them yeah. Crooked Vultures, uh, Mastodon. Yeah, yeah. That whole production group. Uh, great artists. Uh, but listen to everybody out there right now listening. I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of y'all listening. Listen to Eagles of Death Metal. Uh, what a great band. It's, 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 they, they don't have a music. Uh, you're not going to put them into a category. I don't know. We yeah. don't really talk about music often, but if you listen to Eagles of Death Metal, you're not going to be like, oh, that's pop, punk, death metal, kind of maybe alternative grunge. I don't know. They, yeah. they kind of they do a good job of, of reaching. Bill, you'll like them. That's awesome. Well, all right. Good shit. Smitty, anything you want to add? Uh, I don't think so. All right. That's not. What is that? What is what? I don't know. My phone just started making noises. Well, gentlemen, we're at the two hour and a half mark. Is there any uh, closing remarks we may want to throw out there? Herpeticulture Magazine issue 25 is out now. Yes. Yes. Tiny tortoises. Excited to look at it tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I do promise that the Venom Exchange radio podcast will be debuting sooner than later. We, uh, Nipper and I, have a few more things to iron out, and then we'll smack the world with the venomous excellence. After you blow up the tea boats. Yeah, right. Fuck that tea. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, gentlemen, Chris, Bill, anything else? I have guests for Lizard Brain Radio through the new year. It yeah. is past a year already, which is pretty cool. Uh, and I have actually already folks that I started out interviewing have developed projects some have gotten some new things built some stuff uh, a, a couple of them went way off the deep end with like crazy new awesome things so i'm gonna kind of come back and, and check on them a second time so that should be pretty cool and nice. um, yeah i have bunches of people that are really interested so it's pretty awesome i've only had two people leave me on red so that's cool <laughs> really <Nice. laughs> yeah well their loss yep yeah that's that's been that's that's my policy it's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna beg you yeah yeah fuck yeah listen and, uh listen to justin listen to phil listen to bill listen to dom listen listen to dom's podcast you got a great fucking podcast going uh <laughs> every, everybody needs to listen to all these people on the herpeticulture network there's a lot of other great podcasts out there uh these are my favorite. We're Love due them. for a Corn Stars episode, too. Yo, we got to get Very Corn true. Hey, straight up, Joe, rest in peace, man. You know what I'm saying? He's in Texas. I got him. I'm going to fucking get his ass. Motherfucker's <laughs> 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 like three hours away. That's right down the street. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah, that's, a, that's a short drive for Texas. Yeah, right. Uh, Corn Stars, Corn Stars is going to have some good episodes. I got some ideas. I think Joe has some ideas. I think Justin has some ideas. I'll so, say, I haven't heard any of them. <laughs> oh hey 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 corn nerds hang on a second i gotta tell you i gotta i have a corn announcement for you wait it's morning it is it's it's impressive i don't know if it's impressive i thought we'll, it was cool we'll set something up we're not recording thp this week because it's thanksgiving on thursday and yeah uh jake is working second job most of the week i believe so, so he's like we can do it tuesday and i was like nah we'll just skip this week Take how about an Ultramel Tessera female that is Het, Cinder, Motley, Caramel, and Hypo. 
Fuck yeah, Daddy, Jeez. you're talking my language. Wow. Yeah, that will be at my house tomorrow. Nice. That head sender is really nice. going to pull out a lot of the blacks. Ultra Mel is going to make her look gorgeous, you know? Mm. Yeah, you, just awesome. Tesseras are fucking great. You nerds kept talking, and I saw it, and so that's coming to my house. How great are corn snakes, right? Like, let's just keep going. You know what I mean? We're we're good to go. We're I actually have gene demon. I have two rando hatchlings from a female that was given to the rescue. That of course immediately dropped eggs because that's what rescues do. Yeah. And um, my kids thought it was cool. We just incubated it in a hatchling rack, and uh, two made the distance. And so, yeah, I have two rando, just plain old corn snakes hanging out. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty fun. No, it's I a got, great, 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 great animal. I got my first ever actual Lee Abbott Okatee last week Ooh, in Tampa. He did. Nice. Yeah, that's that's for real. Yeah. So, Justin, okay. do, you, do you have a wild-caught male uh, going right now? I have two. I got a female uh, ghost tessera I want to send you. After okay. she roommates, she's. I got nothing to pair to her. Let's let's. Uh, you had me at ghost, and you had me even more at Tessera. Let's make some heads <laughs> with Tessera, right? So Phil, now that you have a corn snake and you've you've uh, extended into the, almost the best pea starting genus, uh, <laughs> almost the best pea starting genus. I wonder what the other one could be. <laughs> Shishuofus. We could oh. say Bilurus. Those are pretty cool. That is true. Oh, that is true. We could say so- Sudecus. Where are the oh, Northerns man. at, man? I want Northerns. I was going with Pisolotheria, but whatever. Pisolotheria. is so <laughs> fucking good. I, I wish... I know. We're, I'm just going to keep ranting so you guys can end the show and we can just talk afterwards. <laughs> but I wish more people worked with Belsuma. I I plan to work with Felsuma. That's that's my retirement gift to myself. It's funny is I saw a shitload of Felsuma at Tampa, and yeah, I feel like because the like the people that got into micro geckos recently, like over the past two years, yeah, those those geckos that were like five bucks and now they're like a thousand bucks because countries close and people don't know what they have. Yeah, they're like, oh man, we forgot about days. Let's oh get back God. into Felsuma. And like now, I'm like seeing all these crazy neon squiggles in deli cups, and it's amazing. I will say that <laughs> when he just disappeared, so he just disappeared. Uh, yeah. No, on that note, though, since we were talking earlier about all sorts of industry type of things, and yeah. they are a, a Midwest uh, kind of staple, Josh's frogs actually got out of micro geckos by quite a bit. Yeah, I saw and that. The last NARBC. What is that face? You will um, not quit me now. Um, <laughs> so at the at the last NARBC, they moved out a ton of micro geckos. Yeah, um, that changed the market. Like that literally changed oh, yeah. the market in the U.S. when that happened. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's gonna cause a lot of ripple effects for the viper geckos and, and different things yeah. like that in herpeticulture. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I think there's there's a fear to the felsuma. I don't know if you just said this. People are like worried because you can't hold them, you can't touch them. It's not, yeah, they're yeah. not. They're they're a saltwater aquarium kind of animal. You know what I mean? Like you you ain't getting fucking Nemo out to hold him, right? Like, yeah. Oh, what a, what a rewarding species. Well, like, to watch. Uh, how about this? If you're not okay. a quitter. So, nice. So here's my thing. Like, all right. So I don't keep felsuma. I appreciate them. I, maybe I'll do it in the future. But like, I don't. I never have kept them. But again, I appreciate them. I will have no problem picking up like 
a standing eye adult or a Garandis adult, right? And I'll just kind of scoop them up and like, yeah. I, I'm not worried. Easy I'm going to rip. I'm not going to rip their skin off. But I, I thought Florida just issued those to you. That in a to- <laughs> no Don't you get that in a toke? Is that right behind you, Phil? What is that? Is that yeah. a? Is that a? Oh, that might be a tegu. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. burn, burn. But anyway, uh, I won't pick up a crusty because I know the minute I pick up a crusty, it's going to drop its tail. They're not. I, just, yeah. I, I know. It. I just Dude, know what's going to happen. When you're doing a toddler's birthday party and they do it. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh god! They freak out. Just throw the tail at mom. Fuck You're you, killing mom. him. I've, <laughs> I've had several. And... I've had several children cry from that. And what the, did you do? Now you, you broke eat it. it. I will say that I don't like. I no kidding. Don't use crested geckos in shows anymore because I am a little bit taller, dude. And people, especially small children, always take it to their uh, very well endowed grandmothers. And yeah, they yeah, died. I've had three different instances where I had to s- literally stop myself mid two hand dive because of <laughs> where I was diving. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "Hey, man, you got to get that laser out yourself. I'm sorry." Yeah, yeah. While they're yeah, literally- sometimes you just got to grab them titties to your thing. You know what I'm saying, bro? Just do it. No, I'm serious, dude. Like dude, grandma. Dude, grandma pulling on the straps, like shaking them out, and there's a crescent gecko just riding the wave in there. <laughs> I'm like, I, I cannot help you. I am very sorry. This is a weird I, bounce house, I, yo. I stopped doing crescent geckos in shows because that happened. That so not a, not a joke. So 2019, uh, I'm at a Rather, show. Better, better a crested than a, than a pokey. True. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that way, that so, got dark real quick. <laughs> goodness, Justin, we saw where you went. Uh, so I'm, I'm at a show like 2019. I would always take a adult uh, gargoyle gecko, so people can kind of see, hey, these are the babies. These are what the adults yeah. are like. They're very impressive adults. Uh, it's not mm, a bacon. Yeah, they, they they don't have a huge. There's a color change, but they're there's their stature. They're they're. They look they're like a, fucking like weird. A statue. Yeah, they look fucking weird. They look like a statue. They're like a gargoyle. They're like and a I, gargoyle. And, 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 and here at our shows, we get a lot of um, we get a lot of traffic from from people that live south of the border, and it's cool because you know, I, not necessarily fully bilingual, but I knew know enough to be able to chat with them and kind of like get shit going. And and a few a few of them have bought gargoyles and taken them south of the border. I've even gotten messages back, which is really neat to see people in other countries because you could take animals from here and go there, but due to the Lacey Act, I think nineteen eighty four or something like that, we can't take animals from Mexico and bring them back here. Right. Uh, but there's there's Wait, a uh, so they can go the other way. I believe they can go the other way. Yeah. Oh, I, and if they can't, wow. hey, shout out. Don't know their name, so fuck them. Uh, <laughs> As far as I know, you can take animals out of the United States, but you cannot bring them into the United States per the yeah, I, d- I doubt they care like that you brought a crested gecko. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but if Contra it was a, see, if it was see, a bronia, you just you, get you, shot. You, you say that, but bringing literally anything across the border from Mexico is they're so it's one of the strictest borders we have. I will actually tell you right now, there are less animals that have come into America from Mexico, with the exception of Abronia, because there was a little bit of a, a, a government uh, work that was done because they were a uh, low production species. Uh, but like, look at Mexmex, look at Thayri, look at Webeye, yeah. right? Yeah. Mexican uh, bears. Webeye are in, in, in a spot. Bunches of tarantulas. 
lots of tarantulas. Uh, but 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 webeye uh, are an animal that we could probably literally go road cruise, and there's like three been found, but they're in like mega bad cartel area. But any of these animals coming across the border, like I've heard stories of people that have like F ones. I know people that have F ones, and they're like, yeah, I fucking like don't. Don't go ever tell somebody you have an F1 of this animal because if you don't have paperwork proving that you have an F1 or where it came from, like you'll get snatched. The border between Mexico to America is more strict than the border from Australia to America by a long shot, a massive, a massive amount. Uh, we have all of our Deirai or Leonis now, uh, all of our variable kings have nothing to do with wild examples right they all look like fucking gray bandits it's crazy if you if you actually go look at the way all of these animals uh start mingling together where all their localities and there's actually a hopefully one of these days is going to get changed there's a whole nother species of gray bandit the saltillos are going to be their own species uh but yeah bringing anything from mexico into america is wildly hard i don't i don't care what the news tells you there, there's a very, very strict border, uh, and it's a good thing. For, there's a reason for it. I wish the Lacey Act was a little bit more uh, lenient as far as bringing animals in, uh, but getting animals, getting things there, you know, they got fucking crested geckos and all kinds of crazy. I should shit, be able man. to bring back birds because it's still technically a U.S. native species. Hey, I, I have Mexican birds. Uh, I have uh, San Antonio Zoo times Fort Worth I Zoo. Line. Awesome. Yeah. I, I need more. You have some Mexico, right? I do. I've got a decent group. I've just been listening this whole time thinking that, I mean, cartels are businesses. I feel like if we paid a finder's fee. You literally read my mind. I'm yeah. just saying. Like, be I, cool. Okay. Like, so you can't just, 200 bucks, you, no problem. I mean, yeah. Like, if you go to the bar south of the borders, hang out, be cool. Guy yeah. shows up with some frogs, just be cool. Like, better yet, you, you find some guy. You, you find some guy who is like a legit. Like, I don't want to say con- like construction guy, like, oh, like he brings in lumber or something and be like, hey, you obviously grease some pockets to get that stuff here yeah. on the south side. Like, ask him, hey, you know, some gringos want to come look for snakes. Uh, what do you think? You know, and let them talk amongst themselves and then go from there. I, I feel like that would not cost as much as you think it would cost. Probably not. As somebody who has sold massive amounts of cocaine in their life, right? Like I have yet to see a fucking snake from Mexico. All right. Well, now I got to get off the call. So I know. Hey, Bill, my my wife's a federal employee. She works for the courthouse here. So yeah, we're good. good. That hasn't stopped people before. (laughs) No, I would never. No, that's hey. That's why I I, when when she got that job is when I had my audit by Fish and Wildlife. uh, When I got my uh, what you call it. Uh, my interstate commerce license yeah. to have black black pine snakes. I made looking sure I did those, everything for those were. dangerous illegal green tree pythons. I had to get rid of all my rosy boas because it's in per fish and wildlife in Corpus Christi, my city, not my county. It's my city. It is illegal, and we do not break laws here. So, yeah. so I, I know we're trying to end, and I should shut up. But how infuriating is it to you? So I I yell. At, at my wife all the time about this. We complain all the time. We're like the only idiots following the rules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're the only ones. Johnny right? got chewy eggs. Because hey. 
it, awesome. when the IDNR guy shows up at my house or at the shop where the, you know our facility is or whatever and meets me i'm like hey i do that too like i'm not <laughs> gonna i'm not gonna jeopardize my stuff because i want to yeah. keep weird bugs or whatever yeah you know and then i scroll through instagram and it's like hey did you know that all phasmids are illegal in this state or in this country please stop posting them all over instagram yeah. also if you do shows like me don't put them on kids and then put it on Facebook. Yeah. Like, it it, it's like me insane. Well, it's the goofy people too because the people that are doing it illegally are like, they're the, they get caught, they get their pee pee slap, and then they're released back into the wild to just do it again. Yeah. But then you get guys that are legit and they're like, yeah, we're going to throw, you know, the entire book at them. Dude, if you get on my local Facebook mm -hmm. for uh, like Reptile, there's like a little, mm -hmm. anyways, and I'm not saying to do this, but dude, it's all fucking ball pythons. And I'm like, y'all are literally just on Facebook selling this shit, right? Like, y'all don't, no, like, that's illegal. It's, it's, and it's so weird because if the cops ever found out, because now city ordinances have left city responsibility and are now specifically under uh, PD. Uh, we are, we had a little shift about three years ago and they don't, they just don't care. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know that was a law. Every cop that is now, because it's no longer under Fish and Wildlife, now all of our laws are, are enacted by uh, CCPD. They just don't even know. They don't even know. And, and it's yeah. like, why is this even a law? And, you know, I was going to go push on that. I was actually friends with the fucking mayor, and uh, he actually lost re-election uh, during COVID. And so I never actually got to sit down and do it. And it's such a weird, it's a weird thing because Texas is so open, and I am all about laws. I am all about laws being protective to the citizens. And I think that if you have venomous reptiles in, in, in Texas, I think you should have to go through some level of right. testing or, or, or some fucking kind of apprenticeship or something. But it's not the case. I could go to fucking Austin and buy a spitting fucking whatever. Rattlesnake. Rattlesnake. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what venomous do. But, you know, and it's like I can, I can go have a, a Taipan in fucking Austin and like they're fine with it. It's fine. It's OK. But if you go to Corpus Christi, Texas, you cannot have any ven venomous. You cannot keep venomous. I can't have a, a Gila monster. I can't have anything. And I can't even get a license to do that because they're convinced they'll just survive here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that, dude, that's it's the same thing with like by me. Like there's guys that buy red belly piranhas on the Internet. Yeah. And have them mailed to their house in Florida. Oh, but if I. Man. But if I catch a baby green iguana in my backyard, I broke the law. Mm -hmm. Crazy. But. Is that fucking wild? Bill, wild. we're going to need you to fix this. Bill? Come on. You know what I mean? Do you think someone's going to tell that beard no? Uh, my I don't wife fucking think so. My wife surrendered an emery to the IDNR, and when they came to get it, she had to teach the guy what it was and convince him that we weren't giving him the wrong snake and like trying to pull one over on him. <laughs> yeah. And Cause people, people turn themselves in to give the wrong animal. <laughs> so it, it came to us in a stupid way cover up. and we were like, Hey, you know, it's on, it's, it's endangered in our state. Illinois doesn't recognize subspecies. And so Emory, they don't care. Emory, whatever is yeah. considered that. And the, the guy came and our state herpetologist had called ahead of time 
and was like, are you sure that's what it is? A lot of people confuse it with Annery Corns. And we were like, no, they don't. That's not what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's literally no. never happened. <laughs> I got Stevie it. Wonder might get them confused. Yeah. And so the, the guy came. I'm pointing off screen like anyone can see. She's in here. Um, and, and Teresa was like, "It this is an Emery rat snake, so on and so forth. Uh, in your book, it'll say Great Plains rat snake, blah, blah, blah. Here you go. And and the guy just repeated it. He was like, are you sure it's not an Annery corn snake? And, and my wife has no poker face whatsoever. And so she just essentially stared at him until he realized how dumb it was what he said. And... Should have just said, yes, it is. We but, were testing you. But then fast forward, and now she has her special use permit for crocodilians and has, you know, the rear fang and has the endangered species and so on and so forth. And it's like, yeah, that lady didn't try to con you with an anarthuristic corn snake. Right. Like They see your you cyanian know. and go, you sure there's not yeah. a rough green snake? Yeah. Uh, that's cyanian, <laughs> dude. It's got, it's labeled triple locked impact resistant enclosure like we have to treat rear fang as though they're anything you know full-on hot you know what's interesting for rear fang here in corpus we actually have a list so if it's not on the list you can actually keep it that's what i was telling yeah, justin i can us actually too. yeah yeah if i if i had uh boiga mangrove snakes sure let's pretend like i know the scientific name uh you were close I, I can't have Melanota. Those. Melanota. I can't have Melanota, but I could have uh, the green ones. But we, but yeah, Cyania. 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 See, this I is have what Cyania. makes. This is what gets me. Is fun snakes. Our state herpetologist wrote the new law that was in effect in 2015, and we have since been inspected by him and met him. Like I'm that idiot that will email him. Like, hey, I was reading the law, and I wasn't totally sure. What do you think about this genus? Yeah. And like, and inevitably he always tells me, no, you can't have that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, yeah. thanks you for reminding me. I'll put that on the list. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but like nobody else is emailing that guy. You know, they just better for, you know, forgiveness than permission or whatever. And right, I'm that one exactly. idiot that's emailing to like, Hey, we're trying to do Sam it right. Well, but I, I literally, I was like, Hey, what do you think of Sam Ophis? And he's like, why would you want to keep brown snakes that are boring? No, you can't have those. I was like, that's, wow. that's not even a good reason, man. Wow. It's, it's so crazy how easy it is for these laws to be put into effect, but it's so hard to change them. And Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and so, but if you talk to those folks, like that guy is actually reasonably cool. Like we met him, he inspected us. He keeps herps. He's a nice guy. He straight says, I wrote that law so that the lawmakers in Illinois could vote on it because they wouldn't have understood the language. Like the way he and I talk in my shop when he's inspecting my stuff, you, you can't go to the Illinois Senate and talk to those people and be like, oh, yeah, Bill's good. None of his stuff will kill you. I promise like that, you know. Yeah. 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 It's a whole other episode of Lost. Whole, yeah, it's a whole yeah, that went way off the rails. Sorry. That's all right. All right. So <laughs> thank you to everyone who partook in our 100th episode. Thank you to any the listeners. The any of the episodes. Yeah. Thank you to the listeners, the viewers, the followers, the like clickers. We love you all. We do. Yeah. Once again, the show is also brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out. 
Yep. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give them a follow on all of them. And then issue 25 of Herpeticulture Magazine is now out as of last night. Be sure to check that out as well. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I'm kind of disappointed, Chris, when you opened that beer earlier. I was expecting you to just smash it over your head. Oh, man. I thought that's how they did it in Texas. No, just like the Texas rattlesnake in 1996. Fucking Vince McMahon in the ass. Can I get an oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That's it. Yep, Perfect that's, end. That's, that's Perfect it. end of the show. That's it. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>